and welcome to Better Than Mario Brothers, where each episode we delve deep into Cinema Sewer. I am Chris Bolton. With me, as always, my partners in podcasting, Mr. Mark Williams. Hello. And Miss Helen McIntyre. All right. And it's spooky season, listeners. My favorite time of the year. Like, I'm a, I'm a Halloween person. I'm a Christmas person, don't get me wrong, but I'm even more of a Halloween person, so I'm always excited around spooky season. And I've been particularly excited about this episode because a couple of years ago for Halloween, we decided to look at Scooby-Doo, the movie, and actually found that it's pretty fucking good on the down low. Like, it's nowhere near as bad as people say it is. So I've been really excited to revisit Scooby-Doo 2, Monsters Unleashed, um, a film that I own multiple copies of, a film that I own merchandise for, but a film that I've only seen probably two or three times at most maybe even less than that because every time i've watched it and i haven't watched it probably in about 15 years but every time i've watched it i just remember thinking it was dog shit um so (laughs) i was quite excited to go back and look at it again with with a fresh set of eyes after enjoying the first one i don't know about you guys like have you how many times have you seen this if at all so i saw it in the cinema um back in 2004 it's right. come out um so i saw it then and possibly once i think it's the it popped up on like itv3 one afternoon when i was hungover um yeah. and i couldn't be asked to find the remote it was that sort of um that level of enthusiasm um but i mean i i, I so i really i went back to our um episode on scooby-doo this afternoon and had a lot of the same problems with this one to be honest um, I so haven't yeah, re-listened to our Scooby-Doo uh, episode but i don't remember having many problems with scooby-doo I remember having some, but nothing major. So yeah, I mean, mine were mine were more about the the property than than the film itself. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll get into that. Okay, um, and is, you've seen it once, Helen. Is that including like this? Is this the first time you've seen it? Or no, is, yeah, this right, is okay. the second time. I saw it pretty much when it came out. It wasn't in the cinema, so I think it was um, sort of rental or something like that when it would have been like a cheap thing that you would have just like stuck on. So I vaguely remembered like some of the plot points and I remembered the casting. Yeah. Um, But most of it had pretty much gone. But then it, to be fair, like Scooby-Doo is not one of those shows where like it, it sticks in your mind because it's always a case of at the end of it, they rip the mask off the person totally. and it's, Totally. It's instantly forgettable. Yeah. Um, and as is this film, I would say, which, you know, I, I think that's that's fair. The fact that it's gone. Like I said, I've, I've seen it, you know, a handful of times. But even so, I remembered very little about it this time out. Yeah, um, I remembered. I remembered bits. Um, I certainly remembered all of the monsters. Yeah, um, I and then oh, how much of stuff... that was because they popped up last week when we were watching Scooby-Doo. Where are you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good point. Um but then there were also things that I kind of instantly remembered as soon as they popped up on screen. I'd forgotten Alicia Silverstone was in it until she appeared. I'd yep. forgotten Seth Green was in it until he appeared. But then instantly yep. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. And then it helped me yeah. to go through the story. Um, so, yeah. yeah, that's my history with it. I know there will be people listening to this episode who who love both of these films. I caught some flack after our, um, <laughs> after our watch through of Scooby-Doo, and I think I was pretty kind to that. So I'm sure I'm going to catch some flack after this as well. Um, but let's go. Let's dive in. I've got I've got my usual pages of notes. For the first time in, 
quite a while on this show there is actually a narrative of sorts that we can talk through so so that's mm. interesting and fresh um, because the last <laughs> few uh, yeah i don't know what the hell has been going on in the last few but there is i mean i'm not saying there's a good story listeners don't get me wrong um and, and it's, but there's an actual story it, yeah it certainly has issues but there is I, I, actually the story's pretty good it's the plot that's at fault um but i think there's there's definitely story to talk about so Okay, so to start with, I mean, first thing, I, I've just got to say, I don't know how you guys watched it. I know we discussed briefly in our WhatsApp, but I used physical media for this because I own multiple versions, as I say. So I, act- I actually had to hook up a fucking DVD player to watch this <laughs> motherfucker. Um, so, you know, it had to deliver because I spent a good five, ten minutes, like, getting the lead, plugging it all in making sure I was on the right HDMI channel. Like I I had to fucking set this thing up. There was work involved for me to watch this. Yeah, I, I spent a good five minutes trying to find a DVD, which is in the house somewhere. But we moved like four months ago. Can't expect miracles. Can't expect me to unpack all, everything already. No, I moved in the last one for five years, and I didn't unpack the DVD. So, uh, you know, it's for four months, required, but I couldn't find it, so I ended up uh, having to, to rent it last night. I kind of think I should have, to be honest, because at least then it would have been HD. Because the DVD version I watched, like, it was, yeah, I mean, when you're going back to 720p now, it's pretty ropey. And and some stuff is suited by DVD. This is yeah. not one of those things because, Christ, it looks ropey anyway. So you throw yeah. 720p in as well. Yikes. Um, and, and that's my first note, actually, is these opening credits are abysmal, aren't they? Oh, they're, they're look, terrible. They look like a made-for-TV movie. They're... i tell you what they reminded me of. Do you remember when you had, like, the standard window screensavers? Yes, yeah. and you had the ones that and just kind of bounced around, around all over the place. <laughs> yeah. it, it kind of reminded me of that. It was like so. It was so frenetic. It's like, what the fuck is going on? Is what? Oh, it's supposed to be a street. All right, something, something, something flying through. And obviously, as time's gone on, so we, we've you no know, improvement in drones and things. So you get that. You, know, you get a lot of that footage, which is actually you no, know, that's actually been flown and filmed. And so you see the way this has been put together. And you think this is just it just really sets you off on a bad foot. And yes, okay, I know it's twenty years old. But you just think, fuck, you know, they could have done so much better. Oh, yeah, than I mean, that, you know, yeah so. the CG, like the CG fly-through and the pterodactyl monster, like the CG is awful. It, it looks yeah. like a PS3 game. You know, it would have been awful in 2004. Um, when I say, yeah. like, That's terrible. That's my second note. When, my first note, when I say the credits look bad, I'm talking about the actual typeset on the credits. Like, it, Oh, right, yeah, yeah. It literally looks like a made-for-TV movie. Like, there has yeah. been every expense spared on this opening sequence. It looks dreadful. Um, yeah and that but then the thing is shot like a made for tv movie like that's the yeah. thing is yeah. there's a lot of money that's gone into some of the shots like especially later on with the amount of extras and stuff but then when you actually look at how it's done it's so functional mm. it's just basically it's yeah. a made for tv movie with a budget it really is um as usual i i have some background on, on this um and it's particularly where this production's concerned because sir michelle gell is in it um so but one of one of the issues here actually was um believe it or not and, and it does show in in the product as well i'm not making excuses but there were huge problems between studio and creative on this movie um huge huge problems um we had actors almost walking out there were pay disputes um it it bombed unsurprisingly mm. because what we've got and and you know i've kind of I'm kind of burying the lead here, I suppose. But what we've really got is one of the most clearly studio-made movies I've ever seen in this. 
um and, and that's evident from here as well like they're not they're not putting the money into the visuals and things like that they're putting it into the cast where they can um yeah. because otherwise they would have walked simple as that um freddie prince jr um famously i don't know if you can remember this from back in the day like this is one of the one of the many productions that ended his his career like he took a long path to deciding he didn't actually want to do this shit anymore because he was mm. consistently shit on um but this is one step in that road i suppose but here he actually voluntarily <laughs> if you believe it took a pay cut just so that the rest of the the crew and the and the cast could actually get fair pay um and i say voluntarily because it was kind of like well you take it or nobody's getting paid so it was voluntarily yeah. in as much as you can volunteer when there's a gun to your head um but yeah. the reporting at the time was that it was voluntary and he's such a good guy because he did it and, and that's not me having to go at him either like it's just it's an appalling way to treat people to say no, like absolutely. the only way everyone else is getting a decent wage here is if you don't it's pretty fucking shitty um so all sorts of problems um with the production and I feel like that's me making excuses early for the direction because you're right, Helen, it is quite flat apart from when we get to the action sequences, which I think are handled quite well. And I think one of the overriding things I took from this, particularly with the first one, uh, if relatively fresh in my mind as well. I mean, it's probably about three years ago now, but you yeah. know, that's, that's relatively fresh. Um, is I think actually over the years, because this film was so bad when I first watched it in my eyes. Like I wrote Raja Gosnell off forever. Like this, this, this did me. Like anytime you mention Raja Gosnell, I instantly think of this film. I go, no, he's fucking awful. Actually, I think I've been unduly harsh on that guy because I, I don't think this is as bad as I remember it. Spoilers. Um, and the first one I really like. Um, I think there are problems. But I think you used the right word, Helen, is that it's it's competent all the way through. The direction is competent. Yeah. It's nothing show-stopping, yeah. but it is competent. It does what it needs to do to get by. Um, yeah. I think some of the action sequences are really good, but we'll we'll get into them um, as we go through. So, yeah, those opening credits are fucking awful. Really, really yeah. bad. Um, and then we're dumped straight into Mystery Inc. arriving outside the museum where they've got all of the costumes on display for all of the like the bad guys that they've caught over the yeah. years. Um, and one of the biggest issues I have with this film kind of starts here and follows all the way through in the story in that this is a sequel, but it very much feels like it's a prequel to me. Yeah. Because one of the reasons Scooby-Doo worked so well was because it understood exactly what it was and it didn't take itself too seriously. We had the whole thing where Mystery Inc. had disbanded and they all hated each other and they were all shadows of their former selves and all of the infighting and the bitchiness and it all really worked. It made for quite an entertaining dynamic between them all. Hmm. And I feel like if we we're going to do a sequel, what we then needed to do is a kind of a new and improved Mystery Inc. here, but it feels like these are just the same characters and they've learned nothing from the, the yeah. first movie and we just dumped into the live action version of of the tv show again it's almost like we've hit reset yeah because i mean if i've i made, i think it was july 2019 we, we watched the first one so it's a good it's a fair while ago now um but i i think it's so starts where they bought they botch a job they, they botch a job don't they yes. and that's where they all falls apart and this kind of feels the same again as, as you said it's just like it's nothing's happening you, you know it's almost as if you're thinking right okay well you <laughs> It's almost if, if you're going to do that, you need to break them again. You can't. Yes, you, that's you almost, exactly. If you're going to, you're going to do means. the same thing, you need to have the same film because in 
in this one they, they don't know nobody really goes anywhere nobody gains anything and there's there's nothing to there's no development to anybody um, they all kind of allude to the fact they wanted it no there's there's a there's a very much if you come back to when we do musical episodes there's very much the i want part yes but then they don't fucking go anywhere with it yes you're exactly right mark you're exactly right and, and i think the problem is that they've reset from the first one so it's not the i want we already had we had that mm. in the first one they've been through these arcs already and so this feels like it should precede that. I think there is a way that all of this works, but they miss the off-ramp massively, mm. and it comes in Act 1, and they completely overshoot the off-ramp. They make the right moves towards it, and then take the film in a completely different direction. Now, I don't know whether that comes from the script or whether that comes from the studio going, no, actually, all of the cast need to be in this because we're fucking paying for them. Um <laughs> So yeah, I'd be surprised if it's that. a script. I mean, given, given again, we talked about this last time as well. With you know, given the fact it's it's a it's a James Gunn script, and you look at you know, what he's done throughout the years, and the, the, I, I find it very difficult to believe that he would be that far off the mark with one product that far into his so career. So do I, because he's consistently excellent. So yeah. you know, yeah. like anybody can write a dud. Don't get me wrong, but I think it's such an such an obvious um, off ramp that he misses as well, and, and yeah. so obviously a way to craft the plot that he wants to to get here that it, it seems to me like there's been interference and especially when actually you know in in terms of the the moment to moment storytelling the beats and the dialogue in this film especially and the gags are fucking mm. great like just like the first one like you can say whatever you like about this film but the one thing it definitely is i thought so anyway is fucking funny like the gags really land and that's down to to the <clears> fact <throat> that script is really sharp and the performances are really yeah. good um, across the board, the performances are good, I think. Um, but, you know, all of that starts here. Like, I, I had belly laughs within the first, like, 30 seconds. You know, they're all greeting their individual fan bases. So Daphne's yeah. got, like, all the fanboys. Um, I feel seen. Uh, then Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> is, is there, and he's got all the screaming girls. Velma's got her little dyke army. And then Shaggy, as he's walking up the red carpet, just smells the weed on the group of stoners. And I yeah. thought it was hilarious. And it's pitched just right. You know, they don't yeah. they don't make it explicit what he's doing. So it's going to fly straight over a kid's head. But for those of yeah. us that understand, I mean, that's a very funny gag. And yes. Matthew Lillard just, just lands it perfectly. Just the sniff and the hey, and then over he yeah. goes. Um, incidentally, I meant to cover this at the start. Um, we've mentioned Sarah Michelle Gellar already. Obviously, Matthew Lillard in this as well. This is now the third appearance on this podcast for both of those people. I think they might really? be our record holders now. Um, they <laughs> both appeared in three productions that we've talked about. So probably says a lot about both their, their careers. Choices. Um, <laughs> although, to be fair, in both cases, I think there's only one uh, of the films that we talked about which is genuinely terrible um and let's be fair as well I mean, if you're if you're an actor if you're in your 20s and you're, you're at the point where you know you're having you're at the point of your fame where you're having you know what is effectively going to be a big studio film chucked at you you fucking say no are you no, something. No, something that Scooby Doo is. It's going to be a franchise. It's going to be big. It's going to make money. It's, that's the theory behind it. It no, is. So but, you're not going. To, you're not going to be turning it down, are you? No, but then you have to bear in mind as well that, with the except, with the possible exception of Linda Cardellini, actually, I think, I think we need to say possibly, the, the rest of this cast, they're not nobodies at this point. Far no, no, no. from it. Far from it. You know, Matthew Lillard's been in Scream at this point. Yeah. Freddie Prince Jr. is Freddie Prince Jr. By yeah. this point, like he's he's the the go to teen heartthrob leading man 
Yeah, and Sarah Michelle Gellar's got one of the highest rated shows on TV as well at this point. Hmm. So none of these are, you know, it's not like any of them need to work for food, is what no. I'm saying. I mean, uh, no, but, but at, the same, that, at the same time, I mean, it's some Sorry, what? So I was going to say that follows through as well, not just with the leads, though, but also with the sort of the secondary cast, because Alicia yeah. Silverstone and Seth Green as well. Yeah. You know, both got sort of fairly big roles. And for the time, they're really big names as well with just yeah. the same amount of recognisability. Yeah, yeah. To be totally. fair, even even you look at um, Peter Boyle as, um, mm-hmm. oh, I can't remember the guy's name, the old, the old guy. Uh, even even he's on no he's right in the middle of everybody loves Raymond which personally I thought sucked but no it was a massive show he he was again very recognisable faces on TV every week you know yeah. they, they're not skimping on on the cast you're right but I think it's the sort of thing if if you're no if 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 you're at the peak of your powers and thinking actually yeah I can take my pick of projects I'm going to pick one I think is going to bank and you know, Scooby Doo has been around fifty years at this point why is it not going to bank I'm going to take it and then I suppose no the first one the, the no the first one hasn't fared too well you know in, in the course of history but as, as we said last time it's, it's not a bad film i think it, it gets a bad rap and so on the back they think yeah well, this one this one will be all right as well but then it's not i don't know just it just seems to fall apart at the seams really it does um but like you say you know you can you can see where the money's gone right because yeah. the reason yeah. the effects are ropey where they're ropey and the reason you know it's maybe a cast. bit pedestrian is because this would not have been a cheap cast i assure you no. um so yeah, we get we get the gag with with Shaggy smelling the weed. We, I mean, Scoob himself. We see a fair bit of Scoob here as well. Like that CG is not aged well either. Scooby no. does not look good. Um, which you know, if nothing else, when the film is called Scooby Doo, like and and yeah, you know, we we've got to use the Wayback Machine and try and think what CG was like in two thousand and four. But I'm pretty sure this was not cutting edge in two thousand and four. Like Scoob does not look good at all. Um, no, I mean it. It feels like they've used the same wire models they had two years before when they did the original, and not really t- taken on any sort of any um, any changes. I mean, if, it's not so bad here because it's dark and they get away with it. But in in later scenes where they're in lighter environments, the the, the rendering and the sha- some of the shadows on Scooby don't match. Yeah, and again, it's almost like they've gone, "Oh, we, we can just reuse that one from last time." And actually, thought we need to remodel this. I mean, actually, we need to re- need to rebuild it to fit where he's supposed to be. Um, and again, it's not. Cost involved. I mean, you know, if you think of the cost. Cost of it now would be expensive. Cost of it back then would be horrendous. Um, and they've, it's like they've just gone, ah, oh, fuck it, it'll be fine. Nobody'll notice. Yeah, he does look great. And when the film is called Scooby Doo, that's pretty inexcusable, really, yeah. isn't it? Um, what I well, that's it. The re- the rest of it, you got to, you know, you can think, oh, well, we can forgive that because you know, the, the Black Knight's only in it for a handful of times. No, no, um, uh, Captain Cat is only in it for a couple of. Seconds. It doesn't matter if it looks robust, but Scooby Doo's in every other fucking scene. Yeah, and I mean, what I don't understand honestly is why he can't just be hand drawn. I don't know why he has to be CGI for the stuff he's doing. Yeah, but I then know. that probably would have been more expensive in fairness. So, you know, maybe I'm I'm speaking out of turn there. I, I think when you think about it, to to draw that much, yeah, it would have been more costly. Yeah, it would have been a lot more time consuming. Whereas he can't duplicate in the same way he can with CGI, I mm. suppose. But yeah, he doesn't look very good, and it does date the film, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so we we get to meet Alicia Silverstone's character. She interviews Mystery Inc coaxes fred into saying some stuff he shouldn't and we start to get our setup here of like all of the just nagging doubts that each of these characters have buried deep inside they've all got some nagging doubts about themselves and their ability to do things and they're not being their true selves there's a 
there's a little bit of a theme buried in here of kind of you know who the true persona is you know of that kind of celebrity versus actual person and you know how you see yourself and how the world sees you and all of that is in here um and and i'm not reaching for that it is in here that you know the yeah, it's th quite, it weighs its themes that. very transparently yeah. um but it, you know it, I, I don't think they ever feel clumsy i think that the story and the themes are handled really well they just don't fully realize because the plot isn't there to carry it but that's all getting kind of sewn in already and then we spend some time inside with velma who of course velma is always a true self anyway she's never anything but but she's very awkward um, yeah. she's not comfortable in romantic situations and so obviously she needs to be introduced to a romantic lead and so that's where we get seth green enter um and <laughs> i've got to say I, I know he's a very short man right but he looks absolutely tiny in this film whenever you see he, him. he, he almost reminded me of like when you get kid when you put ten kids to weddings and you buy like the little the, yeah the, the, the half-size suit <laughs> Which still looks massively fucking big on him. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of that. It's just like he's dressing. He, he's like he's playing dress up. He's not in. He's not comfortable in his own skin in in, in that sequence. And yet, and I know that's again that's part of like that looks like this way. He's kind of written. He's he's again. He's clumsy. He's awkward. It makes him a very good match. But he just he just looks so out of place. He does. But then it's. I think this is credit to to Seth Green, the performer, more yeah. than anything else. Um. He definitely does look out of place, but when we initially meet him in that kind of smoke-filled slow-mo shot with the music swelling, like looks every inch the movie star, and oh, then yeah, and completely. then just as he comes closer and gets in focus, you realise the suit is poorly fitting, and he does a pratfall and just breaks that image immediately, and it's great. Like yeah. it's, as I said, I think all of the cast in this, even the minor characters, I think the cast are absolutely great. I don't, I don't think there's a bad performance in this um you know they they're working with what they've got but what they've got is very cartoony i think they're all excellent um yeah. <laughs> so so we get the meat cute and then like i've got to be fair like i jumped a fucking mile when the meat cute gets interrupted immediately by a fucking flash of lightning and a clap of thunder like it came out of nowhere and i jumped a fucking mm. mile like if the intent was for a jump scare hats off you got me 100 mm. percent um unfortunately it kind of changes tone completely after this we talked last week on smpd about how weird the tone of scooby-doo the cartoon was yeah and this has inherited that the first one didn't the first one was actually kind of spooky and it knew what it needed to do it was very much a comedy horror yeah. whereas this is all over the shop it's a mystery but it's got horror elements and it's comedy but there's action sequences just like the cartoon it's all over the shop uh, and that's a yeah. shame because actually it starts really strong here with that clap of thunder and all the lights go out and then the villains start moving it's really good um but it, it, all of that work is instantly undone by the fact we get a fucking power rangers villain show up yes it, it's, i mean i know they've got to be under a mask but fuck me that looks bad who signed off on that seriously yeah like, yeah, you get the feeling it's like we had, we had a mask lying around. We'll just kind of tweak it a little bit and add some add some shiny bits to make it look different to what it was before. Yeah, I mean, I think it's an early two thousands thing, right? Because Raimi Spider Man suffers from this as well. But yeah. how did no one realize that when you've got someone in a mask and the mouth doesn't move and the eyes don't move, they can't emote? It is impossible. They just yeah. look badly dubbed. It's terrible. Yeah. Also kind of like spoilers for the reveal at the end 
but the person that they have that turns up in the mask is too short for the person that is meant to be. Oh, yes. There's all sorts of problems with loads that, of that. And we'll talk about it at the end because there is a massive logic gaps there as well. Let's be honest, because you know the yeah. physicality of the person that it that we initially think it is, and then the physicality of the person that it actually is, totally different. There are two very significant aspects missing from the physicality of that person <laughs> very significant yes <laughs> you know just saying yeah so yeah but we, then, we uh, get our power rangers villain that's show up but that is that is an issue though because the thing is is there's a lot of stuff here that, that didn't work for me but then scooby-doo as the cartoon doesn't work for me and Agreed. so i was like look I'm not a child and this kind of is aimed at kids. So I'm not really the target audience. And this is a Scooby-Doo film. Mm. And do you know what? It's actually being very true to the source material and doing all of that. So all of these things, I'm not going to hold against it. But like, it's one of those number one rules is if you're going to have a reveal, if you're going to have a mystery and you're going to reveal it, you can't cheat the details. Yeah. Like that. It's cheating the details. Right. Yeah. I, I yeah. 100% agree with everything you just said. This is a very accurate Scooby-Doo movie. And yeah. I think it's actually yeah. a good Scooby-Doo movie. I think it's probably yeah. a better Scooby-Doo movie than most episodes of the TV show. Cause it does correct some of the problems I have with it. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, coming back to what I said earlier on, I mean, in comparison to the first one, my biggest problem with the first one was that, it was competent, it was enjoyable, but it wasn't Scooby-Doo. Whereas that's probably why well, I like it. It, it Whereas this yeah. one, it very much feels like an Elon Gator Scooby-Doo episode. They've, yeah. Have they tried to cram too much into it? Quite possibly, but it feels like Scooby-Doo. And I think that's why coming into it, I was thinking, right, okay, if it's going to be, if it's like the first one, I'm not going to enjoy it. If it's not like, if, if, it, if it takes that away, I'm, I've got more chance of enjoying it. But actually, the, all the other problems kind of stack up and overtake that one, but it certainly does feel very authentic, and especially when you get the all the callbacks to the previous episodes. And it might be because we watched um, Scooby Doo Warrior last week, um, so I, the, I was I, I was reminded of a lot of you know, a lot of the um, a lot of the monsters, a lot of the ghosts, and all of I, I, they were fresh in my memory because we saw them last week. But then there were lots of little, um, little callbacks, and the the fact you've got the um, you've got some version of Scooby Doo Warrior you playing over pretty much every scene. Whenever there's any sort of instrumental, that is mm-hmm. built in, or there's an element of that built in somewhere. So all this kind of stuff, it brings it back closer to the to the original property than the first film did. Um, and if yeah, it feels a lot more like the product I was expecting the first one to be. Yeah, I think what's happened um, between, and, and it's only a short period of time between the first and second one. I think there's only two years between them. But I think yeah. there was actually a slight cultural shift is is the thing. And I think this does kind of reflect that as well, because the first one is very much in that late 90s, early 2000s, post-modern yeah. style of filmmaking that we had, where it's very much poking fun at itself. It's very much like, yeah. look how fucking ridiculous Scooby-Doo is. We're going to yeah. spend... We, we, we know what it is, and, and we're going to take the piss out yeah, of it. Yeah, 80 minutes and change, taking the piss out of it, but also giving you a, a reasonably authentic take. Whereas this is straight back into blockbuster garbage summer film territory. It's just like, we don't care. Yeah. Give us your money, each fucking popcorn. Like, because, yeah. again, by the time we're getting here, 2004, 2005, the world is after entertainment because all sorts of nasty shit has gone down. And all yeah. we want is just escapism. And this reflects that. There was a cultural shift. And, and I think this is part of that as well. Um, maybe I'm being generous. But that's that's my my <laughs> feeling on that. So... 
our Power Rangers villain shows up, um, wreaks havoc in the museum. The monsters all escape. They hand Mystery Inc. their ass. Um, Fred gets quoted out of context to make it sound like he doesn't give a shit, and everything starts to fall apart. And then Shag and Scoob overhear that the gang kind of think, in a roundabout way, it's their fault. Like, it's not their fault, but, you know, they were And not only that, it's, it's, it's always it. their fault. Again, it's Shag yeah. and Scoob, it's what they do. Yeah, now... This is the story. This is where the story is. And the problem is that we now spend the next 70-odd minutes without a hook for Shag. Like, Shag and Scoof make make the decision to man up. They're going to be real detectives, right? And that's our story. And that ties into our theme as well, right? Because they've got to be their true, authentic selves. They've got to... So, like, what they need to do is learn that actually they can be detectives and be their true, authentic selves, right yeah. and, and and everyone is a winner so like that's our story the problem is in order for that to work they need more narrative drive right because we've because yeah. the person driving the narrative forward is still fred and that was the problem i had when we watched scooby-doo where are you last week fred is the hero scooby-doo is not the hero he's a klutz he's an idiot and the show is named after him and all he does is fuck around and ruin things it's right. more like he's a mascot, yeah. effectively. You know, he's yeah. the, the show's yeah. named after him because people will remember Scooby Doo quicker than they'll remember Fred. Yeah, but Fred but is Scooby Doo does fuck all, right? Yeah. Now I'm totally up for a version of this where Shag and Scoob are the heroes. Yeah, but they need to understand that and they need agency, right? So it's one thing for them to stand up and say, "Right, we're going to sort this shit out." That's the first step. But what actually needed to happen, right? And and all the way through, I have a problem. Wherever this villain shows up, I'm not entirely clear what his actual plot is like i know he wants to take down mystery inc i get that but what is he actually doing because he's nothing other than a minor inconvenience let us be honest like he doesn't but there are no stakes what he what needed to happen here was they needed to get their ass handed to them so badly that daphne fred and velma all got taken they need out of this narrative they need their own yeah. B story somewhere, and the narrative has to be Shag and Scoob need to spend the next act and a bit getting back to them and freeing them so that Mystery Inc. can yeah. reunite at the end, form the fucking That's team the that case. they are, and beat the villain. But yeah. they paid a lot of fucking money for Freddie Prince Jr., so <laughs> he is not getting sidelined on the B story. But that's yeah, the they, story. They also, but they also spent a lot of money on his big hero moment as well because that music went wasn't cheap <laughs> oh oh that big hero moment is one of the best things in the entire film i was not disagreeing i was, I was like worth every myself. penny <laughs> i was absolutely beside myself in that moment incredible <laughs> and, and this film is full of moments like that that's the thing when i say the moment to moment of this film is full of really enjoyable stuff i did not yeah. have a bad time watching this movie at all i actually really enjoyed it but i also know it's not very good and i know it's not very good for these reasons and that is the core principle one i think if we could just solve that narrative fuck up yeah you've actually got a decent movie here like something that i would say would could be good because the performances are good like i say the story is there and you can still have those moments because while mystery and all then locked in bird cages like the ice i'm i'm imagining i'm in comically large bird cages yeah, right? yeah, yeah. because why wouldn't you because there's a flying yeah. pterodactyl as well right so he picks them up and he yeah, takes them these exactly. co- right uh, but then they all get to sit around and go well how the fuck did we get here 
how the hell did we not realize this was going to happen? Like, Fred took his eye off the ball because he wanted to be interviewed. Velma was sidelined by Seth Green's character. You know, and the thing like, is as well. I mean, if, if you if you want to go down that route where they they went with the first one, no, that's an almost self referential thing. There's a moment in um, uh, uh, Revenge of the Sith where um, Obi Wan and Anakin get, get captured, and Ewan McGregor turns around and says, "How the f- we're smarter than this? How do we how do we fall for such a clear trap?" That's what this needs to be. The three yeah. of them can have that as their arc, okay? Be- because then you get that that you know, that that thing where Fred's doubting himself. He's doubting himself as a leader, as you know, he's doubting himself as a hero. You've got Daphne who's doubting herself anyway because all you need is half a comment about the fact she's a pretty face and she's not she doesn't pull her weight and she doesn't no, she doesn't belong in the team. Velma then she's again she's gonna be doubting how smart she is. Was she distracted by Seth Green? Yeah. Or is she taken right off the ball? And you have all these moments and then and then you build what the same you have the same character beats, but you build out of a situation rather than just going Oh yeah, well we need something for um Sam Michelle Gell to do. We need something for Freddie Prince Jr. We need something for Linda Carlin to do. We need something for Seth Green to do. Oh yeah, we'll just kind of shoehorn this bit in where it doesn't really fit. It doesn't really add anything because we want to give them we want to give them character, but actually it doesn't add anything to them because it, and none of it's earned and none of it's resolved. No, it's not, and it could be so easily. Um, it, yeah. it, it just needs that simple shift. It, it needs to focus entirely on Shag and Scoob. With, with yeah. those, you know, they need to be sidelined. They can still free themselves. Shag and Scoob don't necessarily have to free them. Yeah. But they need to get there in time to help them, essentially. They need and, to solve the mystery on their they, own. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's frustrating because throughout the film, there are a couple of moments where you do get that. You do get Shag and Scoob go off on their own. And they're great. And they're like, they're like an ass hair away from cracking it every time, yeah. which is what you want. Yeah. You want to see that. But then every time they get so close to it, they pull it right back and turn them into idiots again. Save for the dance sequence, every time those two get to do stuff on their own, it works really, really well. Because that's, yes. that's the thrust. That is our story. And that pays off in the end as well. Scooby gets his big hero moment. And it works. Yes. It works really well, in fact. Um, but it's just everything leading up to that is so focused on the team. And we don't understand you know, what each of them actually does bring to the team, which is essential. Yeah. But more importantly, we don't understand what the villain's... Like, what is his actual plan? Because all he seems to well, do is he's creating these monsters to wreak havoc because he wants to show up mystery and... Okay, but but how? Yeah. What's going to happen how, if, you, if if they fail and he wins? What happens? Exactly. Like, he needs a, he needs a big world-ending scheme or something or otherwise. And what what works better and what ties into what we just said is it needs to be deeply personal. It needs to be, no, no, no. This isn't going to be a big thing where I'm going to take the whole city down. I'm just going to catch him and fucking dip him in a big fucking bowl of acid or something because I hate these yeah. pricks and I want them yeah. dead. Like, we need that peril. Um, and yeah. that's and the problem is, the, the problem with with, this, with with that side of the story as well is that there's, there's so many, because, again, because they're paying homage or lip service, whatever you looked at, to the, the original property and the fact they've got all these, they've got all these monsters, all these ghosts from, from the show. That actually you don't see that much of any of the the villains in it. So there's the very little actual threat. There is there is no threat um, at all. That's that's the problem. There should be because there's a whole bunch of fucking monsters. Um, yeah, yeah. But none of them really but, get room to breathe. You're right. Save for the Black yeah. Knight. As to the Black Knight, when you're in um, Peter Boyle's house, yeah. Um, when you know when they they find him in the first place and they try and barricade himself again there's a nice slapstick scene with that where he comes in through a secret package and he's handed them the things to barricade themselves in so then once they barricade themselves in they're stuck again that again that's very typical scooby-doo that works really well 
But with the exception of that, you don't really see the pterodactyl much, or you see it, but it doesn't do anything. Same with Captain Cutter, same with um, Blackbeard. They're there, but why? Yeah, I mean, I think... What are they actually doing? Yeah. And what, what, happens if, what happens if they get what they want? What do they want? Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with most of them just being, like, additional monsters, and I actually really like the third act where they're all released, and it basically becomes yeah. Ghostbusters for about 10 minutes, yeah. where they're just wreaking havoc around the town and the mystery machines being chased by them, and it, that is all fantastic. But we haven't, you're right, Mark, we haven't had anything to hang it on. What it needs is the overlord above it all saying, right, this is the common goal. This is what we're doing. All right. And the reason you're chasing them is because they've escaped, not because we're wreaking havoc on the town, because I fucking want the Scooby gang. Yeah. And the reason why Shaggy and Scooby have to set up, because the other three have gotten captured, um, you can still get the other three having their arcs yeah. um, while they're captured. Because the point is, is that the person that they're up against knows exactly who they are, mm-hmm. knows all about them. So therefore, when they are captured, Velma hasn't got her glasses, Daphne's not got her makeup. And so it's a case that they have to sort of think outside of the box and think outside of the normal yes. way that they, yeah. they solve things and also pull on each other's strengths to kind of actually... Yep. really form as a team and really pull on each other and that's yep. how they then get escape and that's how they then get out and that's their little B story for the second act that moves yep. it all along so that then when Scooby meets up with them Scooby and Shaggy have had their moment where they've actually gotten the chance to be the heroes and to get to the place and to solve the things and put it all together and the other three have had moments where they've had to overcome their stuff in order to get themselves free so that they're then able to team up all together we can have the big sequence yeah. jobs are good in yeah totally and, and this comedy can be got out of that as well because you can have yeah. oh, God, yeah. shag and school burst in just after they've all freed themselves they had to free them yeah and then they can be okay they failed to free them and then they can be like ah but it's okay because we know who's behind it all, and they can be like, "Yeah, we know." And 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 there's comedy yeah. to be had out of it as well. But ultimately, yeah. everybody learns something that day, so everybody grows. Yeah, it's yeah. such a gimme. And like I said, I, I I really don't understand how a writer as good as James Gunn, not just competent, as good as James Gunn, because he is a very good writer. Yeah, I don't understand how he misses that. So it, I think it was probably actually in there because if you so look at I. some of the moments in the third act, yeah, like yeah. with Thelma and she's fallen down yeah, and she yeah. finds she's, the shrine, yeah. and like Freddie, like where they're all having their little individual moments, that yeah. I think is set up from exactly the scenario that I we've totally just agree. described. I, I yeah. totally because agree because it's that second part that doesn't work, and I think that's the studio. Yeah, I totally agree. I think there has been massive <laughs> interference there, and I think it literally is somebody. Going, Hang on a minute. Do you know how much Freddie Prince Jr. cost, and do you know how popular he is right now? And do you yeah. realise yeah. Buffy the Vampire Slayer is huge? Do you think we're and just not only that, leave I mean, these guys if, alone? If you look at, um, this was Warner Brothers as well, wasn't it? If you go back to Batman and Robin, which was also Warner Brothers, how much they paid for George Clooney, how mm-hmm. much they paid for Arnold Schwarzenegger, and the amount of time they didn't spend on screen. Yeah. yeah. And they go, hang on, we're not fucking making that mistake again, because we did that, and the film bombed. Yeah, totally. Nothing to do with the fact it was shit. The film bombed because we didn't put our stars in it enough. Let's get the fuckers on screen. Yeah, yeah, totally. So I, I, I agree. I, it, like I said right back at the start, this very much reeks of studio production to me. Yeah. Um, okay, that's that's what piece said about that. I'm sure we'll come back to it whenever it rears its head throughout <laughs> the narrative because it does rear its head a lot. Like I said, that. But this is the off ramp that I'm talking about. This very specifically yeah. here, they needed to be captured, and it yeah. needed to be Shag and Scoop going. Oh fuck, that was our fault. They're right. We're yeah. screw ups. Um. We need to change. We need to change. So, But they make the decision to man up and become detectives anyway. They put the detective hat on. 
And again, like I said, this script is very, very funny because, again, it's stupid. But it absolutely creeps me when they do their whole run-through right at the start and they deduce everything and they're playing the proper detectives. And Shaq just turns to Scoob and goes, so our conclusion is... And he just goes, bunny? (laughs) (laughs) It's so stupid. Yeah. But it's very, very funny. But it's very fitting. Yeah. That's the thing. Totally. Because for as much as they've just had the conversation about we, we need to man up, we need to be serious, we need to do all of this... And it's just, is it funny? Yeah, it's, it's, why not? It's just funny. It, it, it is just funny. Um, so okay, so my next, my next point we we've just discussed anyway. I've just said we actually need some context here for for the bad guy. Like we don't understand what he's doing. We don't understand yeah. why he's threatening. But I think we've covered that, um, totally. Um, okay, so and and then I've I've written underneath that more to the point. What do any of Mystery Inc. want? And again, we've covered that because we know what they want, but they're not in a position to go searching for it because yeah. the status quo hasn't really been upset, has it? All that's happened is mm. all these villains have escaped again. Like, there's nothing... Yeah. It doesn't cost them anything. It hasn't done anything to them other than give them some bad PR on a news report. Um, yeah. So they then go in search of clues. They end up at the manor. Um, they weirdly fall into that fucking rotating ball thing from Mortal Kombat. That mousetrap motherfucking Yeah, thing. from Mortal Kombat Annihilation when, when they got yeah. them balls and got sucked <laughs> under the earth. Um, but but again, like this, you know, I, I talked last week uh, on SMPD about how, like, as much as I dislike Scooby-Doo as a cartoon, like, dislike's the wrong word. No, dislike is the right word. I don't hate it. I just dislike it, right? It doesn't work for me. Um, I really like the vibe of it and always have. I like the look of Scooby-Doo. I like how it wants to be really creepy and it just never fills that. But when it does, it's good. And and this is the same thing. Like when we show up at the old manor and they're creeping around the house, like this is great. It, like yeah. really, really good. Just doesn't need to be here at all because it's not adding anything. Yeah. Um, but yeah. they, they fall into the thing. They get themselves captured. And then, um, just just a side note for me, the first of many um, that that'll sound something like this really is that just the the makeup on the thumb scanner. I mean, I'm I'm just gonna say a lot how much I fucking love Sarah Michelle Gellar, <laughs> like because she nails this, like this this character, yeah. it like the way she plays Daphne is is phenomenal. Yeah. Like, she just gives it I'm... that little bit of like, yeah, I'm not just a pretty face, you know. Again, just elevating it from the cartoon. Yeah. And that whole thing, I mean, and we we get into it later on with you no know, her the, the question of you no know, is she just a pretty face and what you know, what what her role is within the team and all the rest of it, but her the way she she finishes that she didn't she does the thing with the makeup you know she you know, we get the little one line of to develop about you know, how important it is to use makeup properly and all the rest of it, and then so she does it, she gets about and then and then her delivery of I love being, I love a, being girl. a girl it's just yeah. the, it's just like the most pointless fucking line ever but it's just it's so earnest and fits that character so well because. The whole thing with Daphne is she didn't. She doesn't really contribute anything. But actually, if she hadn't been there to do that, they'd have all be stuck in that fucking ball until whenever it was. Yeah, totally. I, I, and and it's you know, the whole the whole setup. It's a series of cheap gags. So the girl scout, no, the um, the, the girl scout cookie, um, the thing, and the um, whatever, whatever denomination of religion they were. No, they, they've Mormons. gone door to door. They were Mormons. Mormons. They're all the fucking same to me. Yeah. But um, but yeah, the, the whole thing. It's it's just a series of gags. But actually. It it adds nothing to the story apart from it gets them into the house, but they could have gone to the house another way. But actually, it just it again, it just fits into a that her part of that character, but b just this the feel of of Scooby Doo and that that sort of vibe of being very haphazardly, accidentally brilliant. Yeah, it it does, and 
you know, I I don't want to to sound like she's typecast because I don't think she is. Uh, and I've I've talked many times about how how good I think she is as an actress, right? But th- there are certain roles that you know you can just go straight to Sarah Michelle Gellar, and all she needs to do is just channel Buffy, okay? And this is one yeah. of them. Um, more recently, Masters Universe Revelation as well did exactly the same thing. You're not asking her to do anything out of a wheelhouse whatsoever because she is just quite frankly the absolute best at this. Like of just that kind of, yeah. on the one hand, completely vapid airhead, but on the other hand, yeah. the absolute fucking boss. Like they yeah. would be fucking useless without her. Like they wouldn't have a clue. She is the actual leader. It like we all saying it's Fred because he's the alpha male, but she is the actual leader. You even throughout this film and all throughout the first one as well, when shit yeah. needs to get done, she's yeah. the one that does it every time. Yeah, yeah. And I've, I've seen that was a huge part of the first one as well. This whole thing of you know when right at the start before the old party company all went separate ways, she you know, that was her role. She was the damsel in distress. She needed rescuing. Um, no. By the time you then come back to her, she's kicking the living fuck out of everything. Yeah, I mean, she has that because, amazing you know, moment at the end of the first one where she just reveals that all of a sudden she's just, like, spent the last 10 years studying every martial art known to man. Yeah. And she just bosses the fight yeah. completely. Like, yeah, exactly. And and that no, it, that's that's where this comes out. And as you said, the, the casting is absolutely perfect. You know, and you've got somebody who is probably at the height of their, their popularity at that point totally. as well. Totally. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm going to say it a lot and I'm not going to apologize for it because I fucking love this woman. Seriously. She's amazing. Yeah. Um, I, And she absolutely nails this role. My next note, just another quick side note. I, I'm pointing out all the gags that made me laugh because they made me laugh so much. Um, yeah. Scooby and Shaggy singing Strangers in the Night. Like what, what yes. a brilliant piece of fourth wall breaking. <laughs> like, yeah. Just absolutely wonderful. Um, and again, what that's the kind of thing the first film was full of. And this, hmm. this isn't so much just that kind of self-referential stuff that yeah. this just doesn't have as much of. It's playing itself much straighter than the first one was most of the yeah. time, which is a shame because, again, they prove that they can actually do this really well. Um, yeah. And then, so then um, Shag and Scoob stumble upon the Black Knight ghost. Um, yeah, and and there's a chase sequence. They they try and barricade them in a room, and he comes through the other door, which again was absolutely yeah. hilarious, like a brilliant. Yeah, and abso- as I know, it's absolutely on point for Scooby Doo. Totally that's, on point. Yeah, I mean that's completely yeah. taken out of the cartoon. Yeah, totally. I mean they even we, we talked last week about the the sound effect mark of the running, and we couldn't decide what it yes. was. And I said it's sort of a cowbell, I think. And, it, and yeah, that's even in here. You you even get the run. Yeah, when they fall into the trap door and he's sort of yeah. the last one through, and yeah, yeah you even get that. I, and, and I've just written underneath this. Okay, like if nothing else this film is genuinely fucking funny and, and i think it is um that's subjective but for me i i found all of this very very funny um and so then then we get the fight sequence it, it, like again daphne comes in to save the day brilliant fight sequence like really really yeah. well done and actually the black knight looks pretty decent largely because it's mostly physical i think it yeah, looks the, like the biggest problem with the black knight is that it's when they try to have it talking yeah, well, that's, the, that's CG. The, that's the thing. But yeah, it's the, the, the when they try to get the visor moving, the visor doesn't match, and it's like it reminded me of they tried and quickly abandoned a version of the Honey Monster. They tried to make a CG version of that for, for ads round about this time, mm-hmm. and they realised it just looked fucking deformed. Yeah, and that's kind of the the the, the, the visor acting the as a jaw. Wrong. Yeah, it I get doesn't it. quite. It doesn't marry up properly, and it's almost because. It shouldn't be no. That shouldn't be the jaw effect. That's supposed to be covering the, the whole face, 
So when that's moving, it's like the nose is moving as well, and it just doesn't work. Yeah, I, I get and where you're I coming think, from. Yeah, just, yeah, I don't. Think it just doesn't. It just doesn't look right. I didn't have an issue with that, if I'm honest. Um, I think that's just a little bit of kind of believable unbelievability, if you like. Where you're just like, yeah, that mm. totally works fine. He's a ghost. He's a ghost. Whatever. Like that didn't bother me. I think probably because I was so impressed by how he looked compared to everything we'd seen so far. Because mm. this is an actual. And that's the thing. As the film goes on, there are more and more actual costumes. That, that, yeah, that yeah. There are physical costumes in use, not CG. And you can tell. And they look great. Like this well, I mean, to be great. fair, it's only, it's only the pterodactyl that's fully CG. Isn't it? Yeah. Everything else has an element of CG, but it's physical. You know, the Captain Cutter, where you're in the diver suit, it's only yeah. the, the light coming out of the um, the visor that's actually, that's, that's generated. Yeah, Everything and, else is there. And the costumes look really good, as does the Black Knight. Mm. We, I, I think this is a great fight sequence. Like I said, I think mm. the action sequences when they come, I mean, they're really well handled. They, you know, it's well choreographed here. And it ends with a kick in the nuts. Who doesn't love a kick in the nuts? Like, Apart from the person receiving it, yeah, like, but it, you know, it's funny as well. Like, and I've just written underneath, you know, got to give it to him. That was a, that was an A plus action sequence. I thought it was really, really good. You got to bear yeah. in mind this in a kids' film; it's not going to be yeah. violent. And again, you, you've got the, that level of humor as well. Where yes, it's a kick in the nuts, but actually, you get this whole thing of Velma reading the book and spouting off sentences about mysticism and this, that, and the other. And then she's saying, "You need to, you know, attack its core, attack its center." So where is that? And then, she, so no, um, Daphne goes to spike yeah. it through the through the where the abdomen would be, except there's not an abdomen there. She's so all oh, that tickles, and Velma comes on, boots it in the nuts. Yeah, that's fucking hilarious. Yeah, because it's so basic and so shit. Totally, it's very funny. And uh, just to circle back, I I jumped over it because I got so excited by the action sequence. Um, again, the story is fully at work here. Fred gets knocked out immediately. He's actually yeah. useless. He's not a good hero. Like it, it yeah. works. Like, he's getting brought down a peg every time here. You know, he gets chewed up by the media. He's been knocked on his ass by the Black Knight goat. Like, totally works when he gets his hero moment at the end and it all kicks in. This all works for him. But it's like we said, this sequence still could have happened had they been taken. Because this could be them trying to escape. You know, yeah. or, or this could be them getting captured or even, in the first place. Yeah, as I said, this could be the first place. They yeah. they leave Shag and Screw behind because Shag and Screw yeah. are the screw ups, and they don't want to come. They don't want to. They don't want to burden the team. They don't want to let them down. So the three of them go off without them and get themselves captured. Yeah, totally. It, it, and then it leads into the rest of it absolutely fine anyway. Yeah. So all all works. Um. So okay, they get out of there. They get back to Mystery Inc. HQ. Um, which just looks weird. Right? Is it me or yeah. does it, does it strike anyone else as weird that a bunch of like, I guess early twenties they are now, right? But they're all just hanging around in yeah. this kind of sixties vibe. Pat, I don't know something about it just seemed off. This it's it's something that we we talked about in the first one that the first one didn't do, and again it comes back to how it's of trying to be more authentic to Scooby Doo. It's tr- it's trying to fit that sort of very distinctive Hanna Barbera vision of mm. what things looked like. Yeah. And like even no even like if you look at the Flintstones and the Jetsons, yes they were no poles apart in terms of when they were set, but the the setups more or less the same. That no the 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 set design their their house no their houses was laid out in the same way. They just no one's made of rock and one's futuristic, and this kind of fits that mold as well. You, you, they're putting everybody into the same sort of environment because it's easy. And you know, once somebody's already drawn it, we haven't got to design a set. We're going to pay somebody to work out what this looks like because some fucker's already done it for us. Yeah, it, it to me it just looks like it belongs in like Charlie's Angels or something. It doesn't look yeah. like it fits here. It doesn't seem to fit what are yeah. essentially a bunch of amateurs, right? I know yeah. they're famous now and stuff, but they are. Let's not forget, supposedly, kids solving mysteries. Yeah. 
So having the big, I don't know, the big mystery ink headquarters thing just just rubbed me up the wrong way a little bit. It's not important at all. It, it was just something mm. that rubbed up against me slightly. Um, we get the exposition bomb, and I am one hundred and ten percent here for randomonium. Love it. Yeah. That's just, yeah. The writer in me absolutely adores that. The, the literal ten seconds it took to go. I need to call it something. What can I call it? Oh, randomonium. Whatever. I'll fix it later. Yeah, to me, it's on a par with uh, James Cameron's Unobtainium. That was the first thing I thought of was yeah. Unobtainium, and I'm here for Unobtainium as well. I'm yeah, all about absolutely it. because like, you're going. You know what? We can th- we could spend hours thinking of the perfect fucking name for it. It doesn't matter because nobody will give a and, shit. And, anyway. and you know what? We've got fucking pterodactyls. We've got ghost divers. We've got possessed suit of armors. Is Randomonium yeah. really the most ridiculous? We've got a talking dog for fuck's sake, and exactly. you want to pull me up? It's on not the most egregious thing, is it? Yeah, no, I love it. I, I actually. <laughs> think it's tonally it's 100 yeah, it's perfectly it, it's it's on point so i absolutely love that they named the element randomonium um and then yeah then, then we get like here comes the story again like the, it, it's so well layered and we come back the story all the time all the work has gone in so seth green's character whose name i've forgotten already phones velma Patrick something. Patrick, yeah. He says he wants to come with him and stuff. Yeah. He shows up and she gets really nervous. She's like, I don't know what to yeah. do. So you get the, the, the pep talk between Daphne and here with Daphne giving her, frankly, terrible advice, but essentially oh, yeah, telling her not to be herself, right? But that's kind of the best friend vibe. She's trying to do the right thing for her. Um, yeah. But yeah, frankly, terrible advice. But again, just the brilliance of the delivery here, the quickfire delivery in the script where, you know, Velma's saying that, you know, she she usually only encounters this sort of terror when they're solving a mystery, but it's fine. She can cope with that because it's normally just a scared little man in a suit. And then without missing a beat, Daphne just hits back. But that's exactly like dating. And it's just so, yeah. the delivery is so perfect. Yeah, you know? and especially having what we said 15 20 minutes ago about seth green in his suit anyway yeah exactly yeah. It, it's it's so well written this it really is yeah um and then and this is the frustrating part because you do there are so many bits like that yeah but then there's just the massive the the just the massive obvious neon flashing signs they've missed all the way through yeah totally totally um and then this is the point to talk about this i think i, I think we briefly covered this in the first one mark but um look I love Sarah Michelle Gellar. Love it to bits. I've already sung a praise a lot. I will do more. I've got serious time for Freddie Prince Jr. as well. He's a Jedi, for mm. fuck's sake, and he married Buffy, right? It's fine. He's okay in my book. Um, <laughs> Matthew Lillard has now defined this role for generations yes. to come, mm-hmm. right? So this cast are all excellent. But the MVP, without any shadow of a doubt in both of these films, is Linda fucking Cardellini. She is incredible. And the whole mm. sexy yeah. Velma sequence is brilliant she just yeah. absolutely nails this like the way she the comical walk in the cat suit the squeaking when she's sitting down which was ad lib yeah. apparently and she's blaming the suit like she's she's absolutely brilliant playing the fish out of water angle here yeah. like her velma is brilliant anyway like she's always good she's nailed that character but it, her comedy timing is just phenomenal it's, it's so yeah. funny this this sequence um so yeah, they they she comes down as sexy Velma in a cat suit, wearing the jumper underneath as well. When it eventually yes. it's all finished, and she just unzips it, and the jumper pops out like, yeah, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Um, and and I've just written a note here as well that like I'm I'm really fucking enjoying this. Everything is working fine. My only problem 
is there's absolutely no plot. The villain isn't even present, and what the fuck does he want? We've yeah. already covered it, all right? Um, and then, because I'd forgotten about this, and I can't believe I'd forgotten about this because I'm sad enough to actually own the soundtrack, but then in massive letters I'm written, fuck me, it's Big Brothers. Do you know how long it took me to remember who the fuck they were? I knew straight away as soon as they popped up because, like I said, I got. The I recognised the song. I just couldn't remember the fucking name. I mean, they say their name straight away, Mark. It's Big Brothers with a smooth flow taking over the show. <laughs> yeah, by the, by that by that point, I'd, I'd seen them. Went, oh, who the fuck is that? And I wasn't I wasn't listening to the words. I was like, who the fuck is that? I mean, yeah, they, there's one for the annals of history. Like, you know, hopefully, I never have to encounter Big Brothers again. Now we've watched this for the show. Um, not yeah. a fan. But yeah, fuck me. Big brothers are in this film. Like again, expense spared. Um Yeah. I mean they 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 had to save the money for Bon Jovi, right? So Yeah. You know. If you if you want a live act, you ain't getting Bon Jovi. So what's the next best thing? Big brothers, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Um and and then yeah, I've just written a note here that um for this arc to work, the whole mystery ink are always one step behind arc which is what's happening here you know shag and scoob are off on their own the rest of the gang are being one up now by alicia silverstone or interviews that's where we're at at this point yeah but for this arc to work for them to always be one step behind and the villain to be one step ahead we needed to have had them absolutely 100 percent at the top of their game right at the start of this film we needed to see them get a win and then get knocked down a peg now i know we've had the entire first film but like I said, it feels like that's been reset. So that part of this is missing as well. We didn't see yeah. them at their best to understand that they're at their worst here. Yeah, and the problem is, I mean, yes, okay, I know it's a sequel. I know it's Scooby-Doo too. So by definition, you know, there's a first one. And if you haven't seen the first one, you've missed out on something, except that's not the way it's set up. And, be- and then any casual viewer coming to this thing, well, it's Scooby-Doo. It's, you know, it's just going to be another Scooby mission. It's not going to tie into the first one at all. Yeah. So... And we've like we've said this on so many um and so many shows on S and B D that potentially this is gonna be somebody's first exposure to these characters. Yeah. So you need no you need to know, you need to know they were great to then see them fucking up. And we, we don't get the opportunity here. And you're you're absolutely right. Because because you don't have that, it means nothing. Because how do we know they weren't always shit? They haven't always fucked things up like this. And actually, this is just a regular occurrence. I think that people get away. Totally, totally. So So that's missing. Um uh, yeah, just this whole sequence at the club, though, with Big Brothers as well, and the dance, just no, no to all yeah. of it. Um, I, I'm here for, for Shag and Scoob. I, like, them interrogating the old villains and trying to blend in, yeah. that was all really good. But, yes. and, and Matthew Rillard, again, particularly when he, he starts to realise that actually the one guy saying, oh, he's really grateful to Mystery Inc., and so he starts to drop the disguise and stuff. Like, yeah. That all works well, but then we've got to have some stupid fucking CG dance number with Scoob. Yeah. And it's terrible. Um. It's a shame because that's the first real low point of the film for me. Um, all the other yeah, stuff, yeah, it's a big misstep that one. All the other stuff, yeah, I might be picking holes in it, but really, I am enjoying it. But this CGI sequence, no, absolutely not. This is fucking abysmal. I went for a piss yeah. at this point because um, I was just like, I, I know this is coming, and I don't want it. Um, and it goes on as well. It's oh, not yeah, a short yeah. sequence yeah. Oh, either. I, I had time, Given how much I it would have fucking cost him to I do had that time CG, for a piss. I knew I did. Like, so I was just like, I'll come back and he'll still be fucking dancing and his wig will still be falling off. It'll be absolutely fine. Also, like, come on, the wig, really? Like, as soon as the wig comes off, you realize he's a dog. What? It's got nothing to do with the paws and the giant fucking nose. It's the fact he's got a wig. Come on. 
Yeah, because the problem as well, and this is this is one of the problems that the cartoon has, is that uh, your hero's only ever going to be as good as your villain. And when... Okay, so you might have, like, animated suits. So it's a case of, right, so there's this is a supernatural power. It's not somebody with a plan, but there might be somebody that's orchestrating it. But for the most part, you've got a whole bunch of, like, an army of sort of, like, henchmen-type things that have come in, and they just want to, they just want to kill the, the, the gang. Yeah. Fine. Like, you know, fine, whatever. But you've, you've just gone into an entire hideout with people where the whack-a-mole machine is them. Yeah, yeah. The darts boards are them everything is about murdering them and they don't notice and it's like well i mean if you were that stupid yep yeah yeah and that's that's and again this is this is the problem that you were getting back to is there's no threat because it's a case of you know when that's that's the level that you're dealing with it's a case of you can be the biggest fuck up in the world and you can accidentally stumble your way into winning yeah. without any sort of real effort or learning and, the, and, there's, and I think there's, that's, there's two that's... lines to get around that you can you can manage that quite easily there was they make the joke about um mm-hmm. scooby being somebody with an, uh, an, a nasal deformity or something mm-hmm. yeah. uh, instead of that you, you know ha- have somebody gone ha- almost recognize well are you know anybody ever told you look at that fucking dog and then yeah. a joke about how stupid it'd have to be to try and sneak in yeah Again, sets up, gives yeah. a re- credible threat because straight away they're almost onto them. And then you move on and then you laugh it off. Yeah, they're really, really fucking stupid. You laugh it off, you carry on with the scene. But straight away oh. you've rectified the fact that no counters recognize them because somebody nearly did. Yeah, you're And that's right. all you oh. need. And actually, you, you know, when you follow through the disguise. story. Yeah, when you follow through the story that like we're talking barrel. about that we want as well, it all mm. works, right? Because, you know, you have to be stupid to not recognize them and you have to be stupid to walk in that environment on your own in the first place. The whole yeah. point is that Shag and Scoob are both stupid and incompetent and would think they yeah. would get away with this. And they yeah. do get away with it by the skin of their teeth, right? They mm. just run out of there quickly. That's fine. They can bumble their way through this entire narrative, right? As long as they do it under their own steam. And they get to yeah. the gang themselves. How they get there is irrelevant. In fact, they should get there by bumbling through because they need to be themselves. Yeah. yeah. But but the actual getting there isn't the thing. It's the taking the journey, taking the step to go, we're going to sort this out because we have to, because the gang are gone. Yeah. So, yes, they can do these stupid things. But then you're both right. What you need to do then is acknowledge that and draw attention to the fact this is stupid but they don't care because one, they don't realize and two, everything is on the line and that gives you your tension. And that gives you your threat. Yeah. Everything is on the line. They have to do this. They have to, they can't fail because if they do, all their friends are dead. Like yeah. that's, you know, such a, such an obvious missed opportunity. But yeah, we get the yeah. section in the bar um, <laughs> and then somebody, it, it, and, and I, <laughs> I guess the script dictates this has got to happen, right? But somebody decided it would be a good idea to shoot smallest man on earth, Seth Green, against massive, tall, lanky, probably one of the lankiest people on earth, Matthew Lillard, and not give him a box. (laughs) What the fuck? Like, the framing of the two of them talking is disgusting. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... It also doesn't really work when you get the slightly wider um, shot of Seth Green when he's 
looking between the two of them. His eyeline doesn't match to where Scooby is. He's looking at Matthew Lillard, and Scooby's never the same height. Yeah. But his eyeline doesn't change. He's looking back and forth, but his eyeline doesn't move. And nobody's sort of stick a fucking pair of googly eyes on a broom and saying, oh, that's where Scooby is. When, no, when he's not in yeah. shot, this is where you need to fucking look. Yeah, yeah. It's not hard. No, it's really not. Um, and I, I think, you know, technical problems with this scene aside, this scene needs to go as well. It doesn't belong. I understand that we want to sow doubt about Seth Green, right? But I think but I think that's already it's the wrong way the, to do it. Yeah, and, and what this yeah. actually does is make him quite a dislikable character because the fact that, yeah. you know, actually he is on the up and up here, right? Okay, he's not the villain, but he is a piece of shit then. So oh yeah, completely. That's not really any better when he's supposed to be the romantic lead for Velma. So well, yeah. I mean, this this is my problem because it didn't. This whole thing of him, no, he he's got some fucking goon and he's telling him go find out what happened, this, that, and the other. Yes, okay, it's supposed to, I say it's supposed to sow doubt, but it doesn't fit with anything that's happened. And you no. think, well, they could have they could have sowed doubt the fact he disappears or the fact that he seems to know something he he wouldn't know. There's there are ways of doing it which don't involve filming this entire sequence, which doesn't fucking work. Well, just shortly after this sequence, Velma comes to this conclusion on her own anyway and speaks it out loud. So we yeah. don't we don't need this. We we just don't need it. Um, and, it and it's weirder because it's never called back to ever as well. It's not like he goes, yeah. oh, I was really harsh on that guy or whatever, because he's speaking to him like an absolute piece of shit. Yeah. Um, and, and then he's yeah. making it out that he's like, he's stressed because it's all on the line and stuff like that. I get all of that. But there's a way you can handle that without piling that everything on top and having it shot in a back alley and having him basically sounding like a fucking mob boss. Um, yeah, it's just really, really weird and doesn't yeah. work. Um, we get one of my favorite lines in the film in the next sequence, though, because we get, I, I forget his name, but the old the old guy, um, our, yeah. you know, our prime suspect Wickles, then. Oh, man Wickles. Oh, man Wickles. That's right. Our, our prime suspect then um, is going into his kind of unit where he's got his little mock-up and he's being shadowed (laughs) they're following him they make a noise and he just turns around sees nobody and shrugs it off with damn bushes yelling at me again (laughs) yes crazy old man delivery it is and i think that it's it's again it's a nice callback to the cartoon and you used to get it all the time in not just in in um scooby-doo but in all all cartoons of this up here where they'd be hiding in a bush or hiding in a bin and you know the little feet stick again that little piccolo tin whistle type of noise where the feet are going and they they drop down suddenly when they get and it's just it's a really innocuous callback it means nothing for looking at it as a kid you think that's just really stupid because bushes don't move yeah but as now you're thinking, yeah, they used to do that in the cartoons. And yes, of course, bushes don't fucking move because they're bushes. But that's what they did in the cartoons, and that's why it's funny. And you, even without that response from um, from Peter Boyle, it's it still works. But just having that, just to stick the extra layer on top of it, I was creased at that point. Yeah, yeah, very, very funny. Um, and then we get just an absolutely brilliant scene again, just to to pay credit to the cast here, and it's the first time we've really talked about him as an actor but i did say i've got time for freddie prince jr and and his yeah. back and forth with daphne when she's she's trying to interrogate him about what she actually brings to the group yeah. and he goes through all of this thing and just ends up well you definitely that suit doesn't make you look fat definitely not fat that's not what i said <laughs> yeah. like it's so funny like he again he's yeah. completely incompetent tripping over all of his words yeah. and just lands on the most blockheaded chauvinistic macho thing yeah. you could possibly say and delivers it with absolute conviction, like. Yeah. And again, her doubling down and going, 
Who said fat? Who said anything about yeah, fat? Yeah. Why would you say? Why would you even go to that? Very, very funny. Yeah, um, I mean that 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 sequence because again, and because it's not really that important. Not at all. It, it, it just, just again, stands out that much more. Again, it's just the brilliance of this script. Just the offhand conversation is is phenomenal, mm. and that's yeah. that's eighty percent script, twenty percent cast, and you know that's that's just the way it is. With you know the lines had to come from somewhere, but the cast yeah. absolutely know how to smack them out of the park. Yeah. Um, they really, really do. Um, so then we they stumble the, the gang stumble into this underground lair, um, and and it just gets really really good again for a bit. I think all of the stuff in the underground lair I, I fucking love. It's great. Yeah, you know it it, it. it is good. The only problem I had was as you said they they stumble into the underground lair, and that's ne- that's never the way. You no, know, the three of them are you no. Know, they're sure of everything. They know everything before they go in. That's the whole point of it. Mm. And that's why that's where the difference stands out between them and Shaggy and Scooby. The fact that Shaggy and Scooby will blunder their way in anywhere completely by accident looking for fucking weed. Yeah. And actually do most of the, no, do most of the work. But the other three are doing the legwork and actually do you know, they're actually doing the detecting and actually getting what they need out of it. And I think that's what's missing here because they again, fine having them. They, they, you, you want to build a character, you want you want to build some sort of personal stakes and all the rest of it into it. But they've done that at the expense of actually how they get to where they're going, and there are too many leaps in terms of actually how did you work that one out? Because it seemed very throw throw away and very no very haphazard. There's no yeah. process to it, and you've just got oh yeah, well it's no, it's just it's they're in the old factory. We know they're in the old factory because they're always in the old factory. Yeah, and and again, it comes down to the fact that there's no actual there's no actual central conceit here. We don't actually know what the end goal is for them to follow any thread. Um, they they do kind of solve that here this this is the turning point for that it's just yeah. not enough and it's too little too late um i do just yeah. want to wind back slightly because we did skip over um fred attempting to sort things out on a with alicia yes. silverstone's character and fucking it up again um, because yeah. we get the big story drop there as if you weren't following already where she just says well i unmask people for who they really are um so just in yeah. case you weren't picking up the theme um, before the conversation yeah. between Fred and Daphne, like it's it's there, right? Like I said, yeah, because that's outside the museum, isn't it? When the villain shows yes. up again, on yeah, the roof. Yeah. On, yeah, on the roof, right? Which is what sets them off then to go. That's how they end up underground as well. So they're all yeah. in the underground layer, um, and then, yeah, I, I've written exactly what you've just said, pretty much, Mark. Like I've written that actually all of this is it's all good getting down to this layer, right? The sequence is working fine. It's just that it's totally lacking in plot. We don't understand how they've got down there, how they've put these pieces yeah. together, why, what they're trying to avert. We don't understand any of this. Um, and we've already covered the fact that if the whole point is to discredit Mystery Inc., then actually they need <coughs> to start from a place of being absolutely holier than thou, of being the best of best. And then we have to understand why our main villain wanted to knock them down a peg. Now, I understand yeah. this is a mystery, and to give that away straight away would cock everything up, but it doesn't have to reveal who he is. Just has to make it clear yeah. that he's going to end their run or whatever. And again, but I mean, even then, that's not really spelled out either. Because yes, okay, tax their event. Yeah, but we don't know whether that's to discredit them or whether it's to free the monsters or no. There's this or there's any more to it. You then see when you see the villain on top of the um, on top of the museum again. It's not really clear that it's he's aiming at them. No, it's. It, I mean, the only reason he appears at the top of that museum is is for purposes of misdirection, which is blatantly obvious to everyone watching by this point i think but they yeah. do at least sew that up at the end um yeah. but i mean it, the issue i have i've written here when they're underground is that if what he's doing is bringing them down 
then he needs to take the fight to them right because all yeah. of the agency needs to come from him he needs to attack them personally so it's either yeah. he needs to capture them or if the whole thing is to sow these seeds of doubt then he needs to divide and conquer right he needs to take yeah. each one of them and just pick at those threads it's psychological warfare right well if anything it needs to be where the first one kind of took off where they are broken they've That's been what broken I'm saying. It, it almost feels like that didn't happen right yeah so you know in, in order to get to where we're needing to go he needs to take agency and the problem is that mystery inc have all of the agency they're the ones chasing him why yeah he's not really doing anything other than showing up on tv and calling them a bunch of knobs like which to be fair people have been doing since the fucking 60s yeah like big fucking deal grow up here and get on with it like just ignore the prick and he'll go away right so the issue is that they have he hasn't attacked them yet even when the, even yeah. in the museum it's not really an attack the monsters just break out scare everybody and run away right they don't kill anybody they don't capture anybody well yeah they don't so, I mean, even, even in that in that sequence the villain doesn't let them out. No, I mean, what... the, villain's, the villain shows up right at the end and makes it look like he's just hitching a ride on the fucking pterodactyl. Yeah, like, no... There's nothing to suggest actually he's doing this. Aside from probably criminal damage, no actual crime has been committed. There's nothing for them to solve, right? Hmm. So, okay, but anyway, they get there. And, and this is the point where we solve that because now he does attack them personally. He shows up underground, gives his big speech about how he's going to end them all here and now and all the monsters get unleashed basically and and, and attack yeah. them fine now they have a reason now there is now they're fighting for their lives now there is threat right so that's yeah. absolutely but now we're like an hour in exactly this needed to be the end of act one and they needed to lose they had yeah. to lose yeah um, but yeah we are we're we're like an hour or so in i think it's about the 50 minute mark actually i think we've got about 25 to 30 minutes left to go yeah. um but yeah, they, they need to lose badly to the point where they have to clear their name, basically. They have to yeah. fuck up so badly that everything is on them. They have to rebuild and clear their name. Um, but yeah, whatever. Um, it's fine. Um, then then we get some science bro action, which which I'm always here for. Science is always yeah. good in a film. Yeah. Um, uh, and then, <laughs> again, brilliant line then where um, Shag and Scoob uh, are just lamenting what's going on um and you no know, it's not that sorry it's shag and scoob and velma are off doing their thing and then you've got fred and daphne lamenting the fact that they're totally having a montage that they're not a part of and then yeah. <laughs> they're not here for it i'm like again very very funny and that's the type of stuff that the first one had in spades and this doesn't yeah. um so that works really really good um so the monsters all come out and and like they they all escape from the lair the gang are getting away in the mystery machine. The monsters are chasing them through downtown. It's fucking great. This is brilliant. It it feels like Ghostbusters or something, you know, where, where yeah. they've just got all of these monsters chasing them and, and they're kind of grossly outnumbered, slightly inept, but somehow they're going to have to make their way through it. All really, really good. Then we get probably my favorite bit of the film. We've already talked about it, Helen. Like the, the van gets taken down this is it like the, the the cards are on the table like everybody's in trouble so we see his fred's turn to just man up and become the hero so he gets on his motorcycle yeah. dead or alive starts playing he's still, just the whole bit it, it is just excellent brilliant absolutely brilliant just properly dueling 
Um, he's, he's staring down the black knight, picks up the pole, grabbing the joust, and of course he completely fucks it up. Um, yeah. which, but it's it's brilliant. This is I was one hundred percent here for that. Like the music choice and everything was just absolutely perfect. Um, and then you know we cut over to Daphne, same thing. She tries to kick a live electrical current to death, basically, um, and ends up getting fried. So again, we're where like this is all good, but we're where we needed to be at the very start of the film. Fred can't yeah. just brute force his way through things. Daphne can't just kick everything in the face. Velma yeah, can't science because then, then they grow of... and learn throughout the film. Yeah, Velma can't yeah. science a way out of every problem. She has to put a heart into it. She's she's not fucking Mister Spock, right? This is, they fail here. They needed to fail at the start. Um, yeah, it's 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 annoying because it proves that we actually and and as a writer as well, James Gunn actually knows what needs mm. to happen here for the growth to occur because they do they do rebuild from this and they do all learn and mm. they do understand what they need to do to come together at the end but this needed to happen first and then we yeah. all needed to it's, grow it's almost like there's some sort of storytelling conventions if you like yeah which if you do this, this is how a story works yeah exactly exactly um but it, it's just all in the wrong fucking order um, it is because the, the development you do get is far too rapid and isn't earned. Yeah, but but we end up in the right place, right? Because we're, then we end up back with um, Velma and Shag and Scoob and, they, and their montage there, and she's giving mm-hmm. them the fucking whatever it is that she's scienced up that's going to work. Yeah. Like the, the fucking, I, I can't even remember what they call it, like basically a frisbee type fucking thing, right? That's going to do the trick and she's like well, yeah, it's, a, it's some sort of console isn't it yeah and she's like, like it's, it's all on you guys you've been the heroes all along you just need to be yourselves and it's like right there it is there's the film yeah. we got here there's your heart right there and, yeah. and it kind of worked because you put enough in to get shag and scoob to this point and she's like you say mark she's learned as well that you know it, it's about the heart and about the team banding together but it feels like it all just happened in the last 30 seconds like yeah. and for for the rest of the team whereas if they'd have just been separated and had their own story this would have made much more sense but ultimately it does work it doesn't work well but it does yeah. work it does just enough to get by i think you used the word right back at the start Helen. i'm going to use it again it is just about competent it it works yeah, yeah. it ticks the box all right um Again, just more brilliant writing. You've touched my inner child, and he's really, really mad. Um, <laughs> I think that's great. <laughs> and then we get death by flatulence, like very, very funny. Um, you know, all of these creative deaths we're getting with the monsters now are all just brilliant. Just, just turning again. The the gang realised what they need to do now, and they're just manning up and and you know mm. taking taking charge. Then in Daphne's case. You know, Fred's manning up. Velma's got the heart to actually let go and give her device to somebody else. And they're actually starting to take down the monsters. And, like, getting one of them to fart on an open flame is easily the best death of the entire film. <laughs> just genius. Um, and and I, I just, my note on here is, I've got to say, like, yeah, it might have been a bumpy right again here, but I'm having a fucking blast with this film at this point. I'm really, really enjoying yeah. myself. Um, yes, it's fucking cheesy. Yes, it's stupid. And it, no, it's not good. It's fucking fun. Scooby fucking do. Of course it's cheesy. Yeah, it's stupid. really fucking fun. I'm having a really good time with this. Um, yeah, so 
we we just have like this now for the next kind of 10 minutes they they just kind of band in together we get the flashback sequence as well as well i think that's slightly before this where we see them all yeah. as um younger kids uh and then yeah like we even get the line as well with with velma you know speaking to seth she falls down the like tunnel type thing she loses her glasses and yeah. this is where we think we're going to unmask the villain because seth green pops up behind her um she runs away from him because she thinks that he's the bad guy and she's not wearing her glasses and then they get on that kind of catwalk area where it's a bit unstable um and and she has to trust him basically she has to use her heart yeah she's because she says she should let him go and he's like yeah but what does your heart say um and and so she saves him she understands that in her heart hearts he can't be the bad guy because she loves him even though he's a despicable piece of shit um but anyway whatever um like oh mind you there there is a line before that that really bugged me when she first falls down and sees the shrine Right, bearing in mind she's already Sherlocked this shit earlier on and come to the conclusion yeah. that he's the bad guy. She knows this. She said it out loud that she thinks he's he's the guy, right? And she finds the shrine and she says, a shrine. But who would be so obsessed with us? Like, you've, you've done this. You've done this. You, like, yeah. and, and this is where, Helen, you mentioned earlier that you believe it's there it's in like, the script. It's like this yeah, belonged like this at the scene. start. Yeah. yeah, this scene has been moved from somewhere else. This scene yeah. was meant to happen, probably in totally Act Two. Totally agree. Totally agree. Yeah. Because that line yeah, yeah. makes no sense whatsoever yeah. in in the context yeah. it's acted here. And what's even more criminal is that you could totally lose the line. So somebody actually watched yeah. this and that didn't stick in there more because you could totally go, oh, "Hang on, she's already worked this out. Just ditch it and have him show up behind. It'll be fine." So yeah. yeah. The problem is definitely not in the script. Like I said, I think the script is really, really good and probably was excellent at one point. And the performances are excellent too. It's just that the studio have fucked this royally. Um, and and I do, I genuinely don't believe it's Roger Gosnell either. I think he's he knows what he's doing because he's getting these performances mm. out of the cast. He understands what lines need space to breathe. He understands what just a, what is just a rapid fire gag. The action sequences are good. It's just I think the studio are afraid of not showing their cast, um, yep. which is a shame. Because the scenes, the scenes work individually is the thing. Like, as you said, the action sequences are really well paced. The comedy yeah. sequences are paced. Things are set up that then pay off later. Mm -hmm. And it's all there. But the movement from scene to the next scene to the next scene to the next scene yeah. doesn't work. It feels really stilted and forced. And I think it's because they're not happening in the right order. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I think they're not happening in the right yeah, order. I sense. think there's stuff, stuff that should be here that isn't, probably. Because you have to bear in mind, mm -hmm. like, I know it's a family film as well, but it is very fucking short. And I'm not yeah. complaining. I think I think the length is right. But yeah. I think what you've probably got is there were more scenes in here at some point, and this was probably running closer to 90 to 100 minutes. And I think yeah. we just trimmed the wrong stuff narratively. Like, yeah. there's stuff that could yeah. probably go in at the expense of the, like, three or four-minute dance fuckery that we had, Yeah, for instance, you know? Yeah, um, but, I mean, they will have left that in because, again, they're trying to sell it to kids. So if you can are. show kids snippets of him dancing in the trailer, that's, exactly that's what they're going to remember. It? That's there for the trailer. That's exactly why it's there. Um, you know, same same with the monsters. Like the monsters are all brilliant, but there's a lot of lingering extended shots on them once they show up, all just looking monstery yeah. and stuff. And it all looks great, but it's clearly there because you want it for the trailer. 
yeah you know it's like we've we paid for it it's there and we, we're going to make sure people fucking see it yeah and, and i do just want to say again i know we we corrected ourselves and we talked about the suits earlier but when all these monsters show up like these all look fucking great it's only the pterodactyl that looks bad even the fucking yeah electricity monster guy he doesn't yeah, look, 10, volt yeah, guy, he yeah. doesn't look that bad at all it's just the pterodactyl yeah. is, is absolutely appalling everyone else <clears> is fine um so yeah so velma saves him uh, but unfortunately then all the gang end up downstairs with all the monsters piling onto them it's a real fucking shit show and yep. there's only one person that can save the day and it's scooby dooby doo um and it's great like this payoff is absolutely perfect it is 100 yep. percent what the show is missing that wound me up how many times did i say last week mark that this show is called scooby-doo and scooby's not the fucking hero he's an idiot yep. like they solve it here they absolutely understand yeah. it there is only one person that hasn't been caught one person that can sort this out and actually what he does is not like it's not him bumbling through like this is proper no, he, he, hero shit yeah he probably saves the fucking day yeah, like he very definitively particularly when he's he's fighting like the the sludge monster type thing and he's, he's surfing monster. on the back of the fucking fire extinguisher like he clearly kicks the end off it he makes the conscious decision of yeah. like right I am gonna fucking explode this thing in front of that yeah. monster. And again, they see it. Um, they see it earlier on as well, where him and Shaggy um, basically surf down the um, down the canyon on the on the on the, the bin lids. Yeah, totally. They, again, it's it, no, it's it's nice it, in in of itself. It's a sequence which you think, oh, that's cool. They're fucking you know, they're surfing on bin lids. But actually, again, they bring it back in and it, it pays off because when when he needs to save the day, it's something we already know he can do. Yeah, I mean, and again, this this is the big frustration is that they. The legwork is here. Yeah, and they even give him the fucking hero shot. When he gets there with the fucking Frisbee of Doom thing or whatever, he yeah. just he turns full on into a into a three-quarter angle close-up. The camera snaps in as he goes, I'm Scooby, Doobie, do, and slams the yeah. thing in the fucking... It's great. Like, they clearly yeah. understand that the hero of Scooby-Doo needs to be Scooby-Doo, right? Yeah. It's not any of the others. It could be because they're all competent and they've learned their various strengths. But their name isn't in the title. Scooby-Doo's yeah. name yeah. is in the title. That's the fucking point. And this film was all about Scooby-Doo learning that and becoming the hero that he needed yeah. to be with his sidekick Shaggy, right? Yeah. And so they absolutely stick that land in for this story. Like, totally. He looks at all the shit going up. And bearing in mind, this is the same guy that, when they first encountered the Black Knight back at the start, was running for his fucking life and cowering. Mm. And here he's just like, nope, all my friends are going to die. This is me. I'm the only person yeah. that can do this. And I'm uniquely equipped to do this because I'm a fucking dog and I'm more agile than all of them. So I can pounce around all these monsters. I can bite the top off the fire extinguisher. I can do all of this shit. Because I'm not just yeah. any old dog either. When I get there, I'm tall enough that I can stand on my hind legs and fit the thing in the thing. It's almost like it was written precisely for this, um, which is great. That's how writing should work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they absolutely stick the landing, yeah. but they don't give us enough to get there, do they? What they give us is no. good. No. It, it's good. Yeah. There's just not enough meat on the bones. Um, yeah. And so it doesn't work. So it's problematic. And then, of course, because it's a Scooby-Doo movie, that's not the end because the end has to be the reveal of yeah, the villain, good. right? Who was behind all yeah. this. So we get Mr. Power Ranger back again. And of course, we know it's not Seth Green now because he's, you know, that red herring is he's gone. there. Yeah, he's there. Yeah. 
So they rip the mask off, and of course it's Alicia Silverstone. We all thought it was, yeah, blatantly, because she's been the real villain all the way through. Like, she's the one yeah. that's had the most to do with Mystery Inc. in terms of directly attacking them. She's the one yeah. that's brought the fight to them all the way, all the time. So that does work. Yeah. What doesn't work is when they pull the mask off again, it's the guy that they sent to jail that committed yeah. suicide that we found out about back at the well he didn't actually well it wasn't suicide, suicide. He, tried, he, he tried to escape and he death he, by he, misadventure and, and he, it? well again this they, they said oh they said they said oh he he died in prison his body was never oh, when he tried to escape from prison his body was never found well duh clearly he didn't fucking die then did he yeah so so this is all the way back at the start in the mansion um when they're, they're yes, it, yeah it's, the it's beginning of act two isn't it yeah so it's so it's all seeded earlier and that's fine but as you said, Helen, what doesn't work is, you know, all of this needs to click together. And he clearly, like, you don't get away with looking like Alicia Silverstone just by wearing a prosthetic mask. That doesn't work. No. No. Because the, the main villain looks, is built like a dude, right? There is, yeah. it's just not a female anatomy. Like, yeah. It's, you know, just putting a mask on <clears throat> ain't going to solve that. Like, I'm sorry, yeah. I can't, I it's just that it doesn't and again work. They, they they try and they 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 try and sort of um make up for that they go well hang on she was there she was interviewing fred when it turned up on top of the museum and they said oh well that was her cameraman who's a good fucking foot taller than her yeah and it's like yeah clearly no, again built like a fucking brick shit house clearly yeah. you cannot be both yeah and also clearly again not the person on top of the museum because just yeah <clears throat> Yeah, no, yeah because at wrong. that stage they're wanting to set up Seth Green, so the guy's always little and weedy, yeah. and it's like yeah. it's too short to be Alicia Silverstone. Yeah, yeah. Either yeah. way, doesn't matter if you were pretending that this guy is somehow the most amazing drag queen ever known, so he can cinch and corset and tuck and put all of the padding in the right places, and just that just just pops away, and there's no, there's no sign of it. Like you know, RuPaul's Drag Race would fucking cry. But one thing they can't do is suddenly shave six inches off your height. No. And one thing you shouldn't do, but they do anyway, is then make a really homophobic joke about it. Uh, but yeah, it's I the early 2000s. So, yeah. you yeah. know, of course yeah. we do. Doesn't make it okay. <laughs> but of course we do. You know, I mean, we're in Ace Ventura territory here with this joke. Like, just it's not like, that fucking bad. No, it's not that bad, but that's, they shoot him for the same thing. They're like, ew, yeah. I kissed a dude. We, ew. No, we cuddled. Please. Yeah. Like, just, it doesn't need that. It's cheap. It's cheap. But it's the early yeah. 2000s, unfortunately, and we got away with that shit back then, didn't we? Yeah. E- easy gag. Yeah. Easy gag. Um, yeah. And people probably thought it was funny as well. People probably still think it's funny because, you know, society for you, isn't it? Um, yeah. But it just doesn't work. This reveal just does not work. No, it feels, makes no fucking sense it whatsoever. It feels forced and it feels desperate. And the problem is that the villain isn't there to begin with. That's that's the issue. Yeah. None of it works yeah. because we don't care yeah. about the villain. So we, we yeah. haven't got enough background for any of these to land. Yeah. Now, the, the end for me reminded me, there's a Simpsons episode where the kids are all cast, they all, they all, they all cast away on an island. It's kind of Lord of the Flies-esque. And you get to that 22-minute mark, and they, they're finishing the episode. Oh, well, hang on. How did they get off the island? Who rescued them? Oh, and let's just say the hero was Mo. Yeah. And it cuts to black. It's like it's like that. It's like, we haven't actually resolved any fucking thing. We've just gone, oh, we need it to be somebody. Oh, eeny, meeny, miny, you. And that's it. Yeah. And, and what's interesting about that is they actually pull this exact same shit in the first one, if you think about it. 
but yeah. it works because they do seed it earlier on. You just don't pay any attention to it. And they explain yeah. it. The fact that it's scrappy inside the giant fucking villain is explained because you see him working it like a fucking machine. So it's all yeah. fine. It well, that's, that's the thing. It's the, it's the, and they see it early on. They ha- there is this big falling out with Scrappy. And even then, if you're a fan of Scooby-Doo, even if you're a fan of Scooby-Doo and fucking hate Scrappy, you're still not going to expect him to be the villain. No. Because he's still part of the fucking gang, even though they kicked him out and all the rest of it. So you, it com- it comes out of nowhere, but as it co- it seems to come out of nowhere, but actually it turned in this one. It's just like, oh fuck yeah, we we don't we haven't actually established who the villain is. We want it to be her, but how did it work? Ah, fuck it, it's fine. Nobody will care. Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, they they could just as easily have made the villains one of those fans back at the start, uh, and it would have made just as much yeah. sense as this. Like, if you were yeah. to have one of those fans who's there who gets inadvertently, accidentally snubbed. I mean, by one of them. How the fuck did they not do that? When you think about the story they want to tell here, like how yeah. the fuck is it not yeah. literally that Fred didn't sign an autograph for one of them? Yeah, because he was busy, or something, or he got distracted, or he, he got dragged away by Lisa Wilson to give an interview. Yeah, so he didn't sign a fucking thing for yeah. one of them. Like, yeah, easy. There you go, job done. That's a much better villain. Nobody would have seen it come in. It would have made perfect sense because we would have met that person at the start. Yeah. Because they're obsessed with Fred, that Ergo means they've automatically got beef with Daphne. So, And they know about the others because anything they read or see about Fred is going to contain information about the others. Yeah, totally. Simples. Makes much more sense. So so you can absolutely tell the story that you want to tell here in a much more efficient and effective way. That's the problem. The story that they tell is fine. It works. They hit all the beats. They just don't necessarily hit them in the right order, and they don't hit them in the most effective manner. That's the problem. But then it is a blockbuster film from the early 2000s aimed at children. So... Yeah. Yeah. You know, and... Viewed through that lens, it's by no means the fucking worse. Like, oh god, no! By no means it's better than Batman and Robin. Fuck yeah! So is syphilis. Yeah, anything's better than <laughs> I've Batman heard. And Robin. <laughs> like, well, with with the exception of Battlefield Earth, um, and Mortal Kombat Annihilation, and oh, Highlander god. Two. And... Yeah, but <laughs> but Mortal Kombat Annihilation isn't aimed at kids. Debatable. <laughs> It, I mean, yeah, I know it's got like a 15 rating, but let's be honest, no adults watching yeah. Mortal Kombat Annihilation, are they? No. You know, no, they're, they're there to get their kids into the screening. Yeah, totally. So that's, that's why they invented the 12A. You know, and when when you look at this through the same lens as, you know, okay, then the fucking Smurfs or, you know... Oh, God. Well, again, Roger Gosling. Or the Trolls movie. Trolls movie, Garfield... You know, these these are the direct competitors for this film. You know, this is what we need to yeah. hold it shoulder to shoulder with. Yeah. And can I just say on that note, the Trolls movie kicks the living fuck out of this. But really? Really? Yeah. Because the trailer's it, Second one, not awful. so much. Yeah, it looks terrible. Like... Yeah, but still. Plus, it's DreamWorks, isn't it? It is DreamWorks, yeah. Oh, I'd rather mm-hmm. boil my own fucking face, honestly. Oh, yeah, me too. DreamWorks Completely. animation is, is fucking appalling. Um, and fight me, listeners. I don't care. Shrek is a shit film, right? Fight me. <laughs> don't care. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, not interested in seeing trolls. Um, 
unless you put it on the yeah. list and then I'll have to watch it. <laughs> no, it's not bad. It's not anywhere near bad enough to go on the list. Wow. Okay. Oh, what about Paw Patrol movie? Because that's the other one that was playing a lot. Paw Patrol can go fuck right off. I've seen far too much Paw Patrol because of the kids. Still I'm not, I haven't watched. Now they're out of it. I have no fucking intention to watch any of it again. Isn't isn't the Paw Patrol movie though just that's animated, isn't it? So yeah. Yeah. I mean, so it's animated. But... It's animated, and they all talk, and it's. I think it's kind of a bit Captain Planety, and that they all get yeah, magic yeah, yeah kind powers. of. No, they're not magic powers. They just all have like no, certain characteristics. So what? So one is um. Way off point. So one is like a police dog, one's like a fire dog, so he's like a rescue dog. One is one one is um very much like an earth mover, so he's no he's a fucking bulldog and he drives a bulldozer and it's it's it's, it's character design rather than powers. Oh but, yeah. fat, fat noise. Yeah. Um but but I think actually when you know we can't compare it to trolls and poor patrol because they're animated features and this isn't. This is a this is a yeah. family blockbuster, right? This is a Yeah. If this were made in the eighties, we'd be comparing it to the fucking Goonies, for instance. Yeah, this is this is the level. This That'd is be at. really unfair. Yeah, it would be, That'd but be really you know, yeah. comparing comparing films from the early two thousands to films from the eighties is really unfair. Full stop. Yeah. But that's yeah. that's the level this is pitched at, right? And yeah. Inspector Gadget with Matthew Broderick. There's, there's a perfect example. That's there we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't trying to set a quality bar for it when I said the Goonies. I'm just trying <laughs> to pitch it at the, you know, yeah. yeah. This is the type of film we're working with, right? Yeah. Inspector Gadget, prime example. Like I say, Garfield, the Smurfs. Pretty much Roger Goldsnell's entire output entire after back this. <laughs> well, not his entire back. I mean, let's not forget. Like, he, he also, like, he did Never Been Kissed, I think, didn't oh, he? Oh, yeah, true, yeah. Um, he's, yeah. You know, he's he's got some titles to his belt. Like I said, I, I think I've and I think I've very harshly judged him. To be fair, like yeah. me watching this now, I don't think this is badly handled at all. I think it's been interfered with massively, but I I think that's out of his hands. I really do. This this smells of producer, big style mm. is what mm-hmm. this smells of, um, because no one else can fuck a structure up that badly. Only the producer. Yeah. They, they, he's yeah. the only the committee person. of producers. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I was going to say there are fucking loads of producers. If you if you watch the credits, yeah. there are fucking loads of producers. Yeah, I mean, as there is with every film, right? But that's that's how this gets that fucked up. That's how it becomes this much of a yeah. mess and a shadow of what it could be. You know, just and again, I think the you, you look at this. I mean, they, they were they they were already in pre production on a sequel on a, on a, a sequel. Yes, they were. There was going to be a third. Um. Yeah, and they pulled it, but because this made fuck all money um, and was so poorly received, uh, and they've never addressed why it's so poorly received. But the, yeah, I so said the structure is old cock. Yeah, I think the marketing. None of it works. To be fair, like I, I remember the marketing campaign for this movie. I've got pieces of marketing material for this movie. It's awful. It's it's really really awful, and it centers more on the monsters than anything else. Yeah. Um, I. <laughs> Look, and again, it's called Scooby Doo. It shouldn't center on the monsters. And and ironically, well, you know, is... we've spent all this money on the fucking cast as well. You want to ensure we're on screen? They're barely yeah. on the posters because the fucking yeah, monsters. Are. I think there's only one poster they're actually on. Most of the posters are Scooby Doo giving it that. Yeah, and and you'll in, see in the in monsters sunglasses. running across and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and like the whole the whole suffix of the, of, the, of the title, Monsters Unleashed. You don't need that. Call it Scooby Doo Two. Nobody gives a fuck. It's Scooby Doo yeah. Two. I mean, it will on. always be Scooby Doo Two. It doesn't matter what no, you're calling it anyway. You call it Scooby Two, and anybody wants well, that, to call it that anything was part, else. That was part of the, that was part of the marketing. 
you know yeah. that was part of the marketing because you, you had you had posters where you had Scooby and then him giving it yeah. giving it the, uh, the 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 two they're not fingers what are they on dogs pads the pads yeah so give yeah. give yeah so give, giving it you know, the two pads so the the advertising was very much Scooby two mm. duh yeah. But they then they didn't lean into that at all. No, totally not. And and even the much like, I've always hated the monsters unleashed. Like I, yeah, I like monsters unleashed as its own thing. I think it, you know, yeah, yeah, this yeah. was its own project, and the title of something was Monsters Unleashed. And it was a bunch of monsters just freaking havoc. I'm here for that. Yeah, Scooby Doo isn't about monsters, as we discussed no. last week. It's yeah. about mysteries. Like, yeah, it's a mystery show about people. Yeah, so okay, yeah. those mysteries can involve a ghost or a murder or some monsters or whatever you like. But to lean into Ghostbusters, and, and they do it very well, don't get me wrong, but to lean into Ghostbusters in this manner takes away from the fact that it's Scooby-Doo. Again, the first one where we're on Spooky Island and there is a mystery because hmm. nobody knows what's going on, that yeah. works tonally. And it's just called, it's not called Scooby-Doo on Spooky Island. It's called Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Is it Spooky Island? It was Spooky oh. Island, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Spooky Island, yeah. I remember we took the piss out of it uh, when we did that episode. Yeah. But perversely, when I was looking online to rent this last night because I couldn't find the DVD, um, on, I can't remember if it was Amazon or on, on Prime or if it was on, um, on iTunes, but you could actually buy a four-movie set. And they were, there was, um, the, these these two we've discussed, and then like complete no fucking cast. Oh, um, three and four. I have, no but they were interest. they were they they were traditionally Scooby Doo titles. It was Scooby Doo and the no, especially with Famous Five yeah, and yeah. the. So, you yeah. know, it was it was that, and it's like okay, so they're probably more traditional Scooby Doo type projects. But who the fuck knew they existed? I have absolutely zero interest in watching one of these films without this cast. The, the oh god, no. this cast yeah. is what makes this film. Like they've got the script to work from, but it's, this yeah. cast is just the cherry on the fucking cake. Yeah. They are superb, and and in the hands of anyone else, it wouldn't be anywhere near as good. Even with the script as good yeah. as it is, like it, it just wouldn't get to the level it's at with a different cast. Yeah. They they're perfect, again, every single one of them. That's kind of also as well. While I think the script was originally a lot better because I yeah. mean it's James Gunn. Yeah. James Gunn excels at ensemble films where everyone gets their beats yeah. and their moments and he's not scared to split the party and have them come back together again. I mean, he turned around Suicide Squad and like all of mm-hmm. that. Like he knows what the fuck he's doing and he does it so incredibly well. It's like one of his yeah. biggest strengths as a writer. If you've got a big ensemble film, get James Gunn to do your script. Yeah. Like and but then also let him run the project because he knows yeah. what he's doing. Um and it's just I just feel that 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 all of the complaints we've got about this, I kind of feel that there probably was an earlier drafted script. Yeah, mm. and I feel like yeah. quite uniquely for this show as well, all of the complaints we've got, like yeah, there was probably an earlier drafted script. I certainly think there's a better edit. You know, I, yeah. I think yeah. the cast were unfairly treated. So I think mm-hmm. for the first time on this show, like this, this isn't a case where we can go, it's that fucking idiot, or everyone's a fucking idiot. Like this is just a prime example of studio filmmaking. Like we can't, you can't lay the blame at any creative force here no. at all. No, this lies with the fucking suits, one hundred percent. I think yeah. all of the creatives are actually, you know, just churning out really good work here. They're all firing on all cylinders, yeah. and that's yeah. the difference between the first one 
and this one clearly yeah because the first one they were probably given more creative freedom because at that point there isn't a franchise potentially kicking off it's let's see if scooby-doo works right yeah. and they fucking made it work and it made bank so like right now we want two and three and four and now we're going to start exercising control and we need to rope these contracts in because these stars are going to get progressively more expensive as these films go on yeah so all yeah. of this comes into play that wasn't there in the first one and so the first one's allowed to be more creatively free now the first one is not a perfect film by any stretch of the imagination but it is surprisingly good um and this one is just it's fine isn't it i think it's what yeah. this is it's absolutely yeah. fine i had a really good time with it i will probably watch it again in the future if i'm being perfectly honest I, like you said mark it's always on itv3 or itv2 or whatever it's just one of those films yeah. that's just gonna be present um so i'm not gonna put it on our choice fuck no if i was gonna put it like <laughs> if nothing else i'd put the first one on over this so i'm never putting it on our choice but i think i'd turn it off if i was channel hopping and it was on or if somebody yeah. suggested watching it and i was present i wouldn't be like oh fuck no like or if you're looking fun. after the kids and you want a kid-friendly film to watch that's yeah. also got enough in there as well that you're not going to be bored to tears as an adult yeah, totally yeah great choice yeah, and let's be fair, you know, if yeah. I if I want to watch something with Sarah Michelle Gellar in, like, I'm going to have to go for this over Cruel Intentions with the kids around, aren't I? So, yeah, exactly. Of course, a breakout Simply Irresistible again. Uh, no. <laughs> it's better than Simply Irresistible. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Anything's better. Again, so is syphilis. Yeah. <laughs> so I've heard. In fact, Batman and Robin may be better than Simply Irresistible. <laughs> it, I mean, I would rather for, watch in the name of the King value, with Matthew yeah. Lillard than Simply Irresistible. Which I'm pushing it now. You are pushing it now, but you may be right. <laughs> yeah. You may be right. At least it's got yeah, radio yeah, on you in the scenery. Uh, yeah, it's got the slap with the glove. Yeah. I mean, we're ranking films that we've looked at on this podcast at this point. It's never been that. We save that for episode 100, <laughs> listeners. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, I think I think this is fine. I don't think this is bad at all. But I certainly don't think it's good either. But I did have a very good time with it. You know, I watched it on Friday night. I had a yeah. beer open. Like, it was good. I had a good time. It was, it was 80 minutes worth of switch your brain off entertainment. And sometimes that's okay. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah no, I think that's fine. Yeah, I think that for me it was very similar. I, I was more pissed off I had to go and find it and wasted so much time trying to find the DVD. And then went, oh, fuck it, I'm just going to rent it because it's easier. Um, I was more pissed off having lost that time than sitting there for... 80, 85 minutes, whatever it was. Because, yeah, it's there, I said there are problems with it. I was looking at it thinking, it's more of what I wanted from the first one, but it's just not as good as the first one. No. And I think, you know, the, the execution is not, is, is not there. But, yeah, you know, it's it's a perfectly passable way to spend 90 minutes. You're not going to do it out of choice. You know, you're not going to say, right, I've got however many fucking hundreds of DVDs on the, on, on, the, uh, on the shelves in the other room. I've got however many things in my library on iTunes. I'm going to fucking find Scooby-Doo too. Yeah. That's never going to no, happen. No, it's not, is it? But as you said, if it's on, I'm not gonna say, "Oh, fucking turn this noise off." It's not gonna offend me. It's not. It's not gonna upset me if it's on. And, and do you know what? I I would put it on over an episode of the fucking cartoon any day. Tell you that much. Yeah. Yeah, probably would. Yeah. But apart from the fact the episodes are that much shorter. I mean, it's only eighty odd minutes. That's the beauty of it. Like it, it it's eighty minutes. Like it's. Yeah. It doesn't. 
it doesn't go on long enough to overstay its welcome. Like even even yeah. the bits that grate on you, it's like yeah, but it's gonna be yeah. over in like eighty minutes. It's fine. Well, that's the thing. And actually, I I, I did feel watching it yesterday that there there wasn't a part where I was thinking, oh fucking hurry up, get on with it. Yeah, no, none of that. Yeah. Apart from the, da- the 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 dance scene, which was just no, I went for I a piss, so I discount that. I I wasn't there thinking, fuck them, but I'm bored out of my mind. I'm thinking. This is shit. I don't need it. The story doesn't need it. Move on. Yeah. But that's different. We're going, oh, for fuck's sake, is there still 20 minutes left? Yeah, totally. No, I was never that with it. No, which which we almost always are with films we look at in this show. Let's be honest. We, do, yeah. we generally do a time check. We're like, oh, for fuck's sake, I might have to turn yeah, this off. I'm only halfway through. Didn't have to do that yeah. at all here. No. No. Um, yeah, so I, I think um, I, I think we're, we're, we've kind of gone through it, but I think we just need to ask, is it better than Mario? And Chris, I'll start with you. Um, yeah, absolutely. Right, it, it it's not as good as the first, but as I said, it is absolutely fine. Um, it's it's almost really, really good. If I'm being honest, like if if they could just fix that narrative, I mm. I think like we'd actually be talking about this in a whole different light. Um, and yeah, I think with the first one, I, I to to sidetrack slightly, I, I I think we progressively see that happening. That is being continually reappraised. That first film, and it's actually got a lot of love for it now. Um, yeah. And I think that will eventually stand up as as a really good film. But this is never going to reach those heights because it's got too many problems. Um, but it's a good time. I like it. It's got you know some of my favorite performers from the era and to date some of my favorite performers for the rest of my life you know uh, are in this so i'm always going to get something out of it um yeah it's fine it's definitely better than mario 100% better than mario huh? uh 100% for me i mean i i kind of loved like the early 2000s nostalgia i had watching it and just looking at like just how early 2000s it was with like how it was styled and like some of the choices that they made but the thing is that cast is always watchable they are always good and there are moments in it like the Bon Jovi sequence is phenomenal the fight sequence that Sarah Michelle Gellard has on the stairs it's so well choreographed and it's got so much variety in it and the thing is is that you can have a good fight sequence, but they can get very formulaic with just the same moves being repeated. And this yeah. one isn't. It's it's variety. And then you have that cutaway at the same time to like Velma doing things. So there's the only thing with it is that there's clearly something that's better that's underneath that's been su- that's been suitified. Yeah. Um, you know, they just needed to tear the mask off and let it be its true self. Um, but I'm not going to hold that against it. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Yeah. Nice. Almost like there was a theme. Well done. <laughs> Themes are for book reports, Mark. Anyway. <laughs> um yeah, no, I, I agree with, with both of you. Um I think it's infinitely better than it's given credit for. Um yes, there are problems with it, um, which we've discussed a lot of. Um I think there's a better film within it which didn't get made, unfortunately. Um but yeah, I mean you put the two in front of me, I'm picking this over Mario every time. Um I think it's a far better film. Uh, for me, I mean, I talked about this when we did um, the original or the first one, and we, when we talked about Scooby Doo Warrior last week. Um, I was a massive Scooby Doo fan um, as a kid. Um, it's one of the reasons I love um, the mystery genre. Um, I don't, I've never classed it as a horror, um, but it's, it's one of the reasons I um, got as, as a writer getting into the, the mystery genre um, because I have this sort of early love for it. So any any time you have that product, I think that's it's something that's going to 
resonate with me. But I think the fact that he was so much closer to that original source um, than the first one, I think, is why is why I sort of picked uh, why I sort of gravitated towards it. So, yeah, I think it's um, it's far better than it gets credit for. And actually, yeah, it's 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 eminently watchable. Which, having only seen it the once in the cinema and, and sort of that handful of times I've seen snippets of it on TV while I'm over, um, I've I've not given it the credit it's deserved over the last twenty years. That's something I'm going to have to I sort of have to take forward front of going in. Is actually it's it's better than probably most people who've seen it think. I'm willing to bet if we sat down and looked at all the blockbusters that came out in the same year, I'm willing to bet it's nowhere near the worst of them. Oh god, yeah. yeah. I'm willing. I'm willing to put serious yeah. money down on that. I bet you there was some absolute horse shit that came out around the same time as this, and it will yeah. probably rise close to the top yeah. of the pile. Yeah. In terms of blockbusters, yeah. like I'm not going to yeah. be yeah, talking yeah. indie films or anything like that. Just flat out blockbusters. Yeah. I yeah. bet you it's one of the better ones if we were to reappraise them all. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'd agree with that. Yes, yeah, so um, but yeah, as as always, I'm glad to know what people think. Um, I say we, when it comes to the show, we tend to be in the minority, and people tend to think that the the films we look at are, are shit, which is why we look at them in the first place. Um, but yeah, um, if you want to get in touch with us, as always, get in touch with our website, ddpodcast.net, where we get your podcasts from. Subscribe, leave a message, we'll be back to you as best we can. Until next time, have a safe and enjoyable spooky seasons, listeners. See you next month. Happy Halloween! <laughs>